Turkey hunting is one of my favorite things. And one of the key tools I use for turkey hunting is the Onyx Hunt Map. I use it incessantly when I'm hunting turkeys. Being able to find a new piece of public or gaining permission on private opens up opportunities for gobblers. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you this spring. Use the code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. You'll find more birds this season. I'm telling you, I rely on Onyx Hunt. When I'm hunting turkeys, it is an invaluable turkey hunting tool. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Hey, I'm excited to share our newest sponsor here on the Meat Eater Podcast, which is Poncho Outdoors. The reason I'm excited is I buy their shirts anyways. Dude, they make some good shirts. And they even have an option where if you're like a skinny dude, you can click like the skinny dude thing. It's great. Based in Austin, Texas, Poncho is committed to crafting the world's best outdoor shirts for men. Poncho is only sold on their own website. So head over to ponchooutdoors.com, use code MEATEATER for a free hat or t-shirt with any purchase of a shirt. Poncho offers free shipping and returns, so you can try them out risk-free. This is the Meat Eater Podcast coming at you shirtless, severely bug-bitten, and in my case, underwearless. We hunt the Meat Eater Podcast. You can't predict anything. Presented by OnX Hunt, creators of the most comprehensive digital mapping system for hunters. Download the Hunt app from the iTunes or Google Play Store. Know where you stand with OnX. Okay, uh, Cal, go on. Okay, first tell people what you you were saying really boring stuff about about beer. Real, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's it, this is a road well traveled here. We're not not cutting a new trail. We're talking about um, how that you know the perception is an IPA must take a lot of time um, because of the complex flavors and uh, how powerful the beer seems. But in reality, like a, a, a pilsner is so highly refined, it takes a lot more time to produce hmm. than than an IPA, uh, and. You know, like your German beer circles, there's, you get get a lot more respect for producing some highly refined Pilsner. So it takes more skill to make Miller Lite than an, a triple IPA. Whoa. Let's not go that. Whoa. <laughs> your Miller Lights, <laughs> your uh, Coors Lights, well, I think they fall Cal, in a just different to, category. Just to piggyback on, on top of that, uh, Pilsners are, are lagers, so they're cold. They're cold. Uh, fermented, so it takes more time for the yeast, but that's part of why it takes so long because the yeast. Yeah, so professionals here. I would rather hear people. You don't even need fire. I would rather hear people say, um, I'd rather go around the room and have everybody say, like, when I cut my toenails, I like to do <laughs> and have them go through the order that they do their toenails. And then the next person says, Well, I, I like it to do the same way, or I start on the left and go. It's like I just. 
what what brought this up is um kind of the 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 drink yeah. I'm having. My wife drinks a shitload of uh chiladas, which is it's it's beer and clamato juice. Yeah, and I think I that guess what makes a little it. salt and and we were um her, her her birthday happened not long ago, but I had to go away on her birthday early in the morning. And so we had been turkey hunting, and I arranged that when we got back from camping, turkey hunting, on the doorstep would be like a, a care package of things that I know she likes. And one of the things I know she likes is Budweiser Chilada, or so I thought. So <laughs> we get home, <laughs> and there I'm like, there's like flowers, fancy chocolates, and a six-pack of Bud Chilada Tallboys. So... The next day on her actual birthday, I totally forgot about her birthday and called her once to complain to her about something that I thought she did and didn't do. Um, and she was nice. And I called back a minute later and she's like, oh, he must have remembered that it's my birthday. But instead, I was calling her to tell her a different thing I need, wanted her to do, at which point she got real uh, mad that I had again forgotten all about her birthday. And I pointed out that I hadn't. I had just celebrated it the day before. And reminded her about the Bud Chiladas, and she pointed out that she drinks Bud Light Chiladas. Hmm. So it didn't even really count. Uh, <sighs> fail. Fail. So now I'm drinking So now you're it. drinking them. I went home and found it in the fridge. It's a tall boy Bud, and um, now I'm having it. So now you got the full strength Chilada. Mm-hmm. It's good I'd rather stuff. enjoy it. Good stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys heard this. This, this. this is an interesting thing to talk about for a second here. They re I didn't know anybody did this. They redid Bugs Bunny and Elmer Fudd. Are you aware of this? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of all over the news. Oh, but they made yeah. a conscious decision that Elmer Fudd has no gun. Correct. So he still has dynamite. He still has like like oh. high he still has high intensity explosives. You know, funny. They're stuff. also gonna allow him to hunt Bugs Bunny with a with a scythe. Yeah. As, as if that's like so that's he totes, so much worse. Elmer he Fudd. Made, oh really? yeah. Elmer Fudd now totes a scythe. He's di- he's been disarmed. And like the creators of this cartoon show are basically like, no, we're not doing guns. He still orders stuff. Like they're still doing the Acme products. But man, a couple of things is all the best jokes were about the guns. Like your barrel getting tied in a knot. That's a, that that joke never gets old. And then. When he's down in the Appalachia, they have like the blunderbusses and people put their fingers in the yeah. end of the barrel and all that. That's all it takes. But what's interesting, what the thing, the first thing I thought about it, I don't know if anybody's made this connection, is there's a term, like if you're a dude who just thinks about guns through the lens of hunting, you're like, you, you, you run the risk of being called a FUD, meaning you're not like supportive enough of gun rights because you just like hunting guns and it's bad to be a FUD. And here it's like, it's almost like uh, what happened to Elmer Fudd is what they say will happen to all Fudds. You'll get like disarmed. So now here, the poster boy for being a Fudd has been disarmed on the Bucks Bunny show. It feels to me like a, you know. Like it's all coming true. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's got me feeling Uh. circumspect, man. Uh, a guy wrote in. He got uh, a guy wrote in that got fish cuffed, which is interesting. He was uh, he's a long haul trucker, and he carries a tackle box around in his stuff because he likes to stop and fish. And he was in the Dakotas, and he goes in his tackle box to get out of Rapala. And he's like, it's like real. He says he describes it as a beautiful COVID nineteen evening. 
meaning apparently no one's anywhere around, <laughs> trips and falls and snags both his thumbs on the oh. Rapala. Whoa. But his phone's in his back pocket. <laughs> and there's, his hands are so snagged, he can't even get them out of his back pocket. And he's like bleeding all over the place and trying to, and he's, he's trying to wave people down. He needs to raise both of his bloody hands. <laughs> oh, <my gosh. laughs> so he needs to raise both his bloody hands in the air to try to get help, which he says wasn't working. And eventually finds his way down to a bar. And everybody was so excited about their bar being back opened again that, <laughs> that he was able to get himself taken care of in North Dakota. Um, Cal's got big news. Go ahead, Cal. Where do you want me to start? Like your this is your this is your um you know this is like your your thing. Uh, you want the, to talk- the, the 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 passage of the 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 the, the oh okay oh, what so kind of news at- whoa, what news are you going to share with me? Oh, have yeah. you been going Land, on some hot dates? Land is that the news you're going to share with us? Oh yeah, oops, I'm sorry. That's um, right. Great American Outdoors Act. What, what do you, where do you, which one do you want to start with? Uh, we can start with Great American Outdoors Act. That's a that's a great one. So, you know, we've been harping on this for a long time because it's um, contains it's a big package that has a ton of bipartisan support, and it. But even even though that existed, we still needed uh, it to be introduced for consideration. Basically, word came down that. Uh, Mitch McConnell was going to, you know, actually introduce the Great American Outdoors Act. We all got super excited. Um, and there was this little bit of uncertainty that if it hit the floor, because there was so much support, um, that the little bit of dissenting voice out there, their only opportunity to stop this public lands, uh, this very beneficial to people who like to be outside public lands, beneficial package. Their only way to stop it would be to filibuster. So the package gets introduced and somebody has to say, yeah, I want to debate this. And during that debate situation is when somebody could stand up and be like, yeah, Hey, I got, uh, something I want to talk about and just Go until the you cows. can. You can never get a vote, right? No. Um, but what happened instead was they immediately moved um, to uh, go go directly to a vote. Uh, instead, it's called clôture. Clôture. Um, that sounds like a kind of drink. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a, I'm drinking a clôture. Um, uh, and so you, you, everybody, and there was a big, very, uh, supportive vote, uh, 80 to 17, I think that said, yes, let's move this thing on. So now it's done or it's not done. I, it so, is I not sometimes done. have a hard time with news stories because I think that they're done, but they're not done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's I did this post on Instagram that was like, Hey, go check this out because I want you to be involved. And everybody's like, yeah, we won. <laughs> Well, until this second, I thought we had one. <laughs> yes, so sorry. Uh, well, the House has passed it, right? No. No. No, they voted. So the Senate, because to Heinrich, to, uh, Senator Heinrich sent vote. me a text with the results of the they thing. They just voted so thought, to vote. Yes. 
to, to skip the debate portion. It's going to come back out um, uh, early next week for the actual vote. So it's still very much a, you know, stay on your elected mm-hmm. officials. Um, this, by this, the time you're hearing this, it's all history. Um, Do you think the uh, <laughs> the overwhelming majority to vote to vote is a good sign? Uh, yes, I would take it as a good sign yeah. because it eliminates one of the threats, um, which would be just the thing being filibustered yep. and, and for the sake of moving on with everything else that's going on in the country, we just got to blow past this good thing, which happens. Um, so yeah, th- th- it's, it's a good thing. It's, it's very much progress right now. There's a bunch of, uh, Republicans and Democrats that have basically said, yes, we want to see movement on this thing. Um, and that right there was an opportunity to stall it and open it up. So there's only 17 dissenting voices and, um, of those 17, you know, there's folks that are, you know, adamantly against any sort of support for public lands, uh, you know, kind of anti- who you'd expect. Any, yeah. So, well, yeah, hold, really hold, Mike, hold, Mike Lee, uh, Utah. Is a, oh, so he didn't one. like it. No, no. And he's one of the, the folks that has been, you know, he, he'll let you know that he doesn't like it. So. But did, did people not like it from both spectrums? Or was all the dislike coming from one direction? Uh, most of the dislike is coming from one direction. Um and because there's there's no like list of these seventeen that I've been able to to find. Oh, should be available, right? Well, because it's yeah. not. Yeah, but it, yeah, if you it's not out, you haven't found it or whatever the hell. Yeah. So, um, but uh, um, Ted Cruz, right? Who's oh, and he didn't like it. He don't look like a real, he don't strike me as a real outdoorsman, to be honest with you. He doesn't see the sun a lot. Mm-hmm. We can tell that. Um, you know, his famous quote is, Texas has 2% public lands, and that's 2% too much. Hmm. So he's he's not going to be voting on behalf of public lands. Where the hell, when these kids go out on their little scooters or whatever, where do they wind up? Um, I'm Well, I mean, that's the hard part about doing this conservation work and working with people that don't want to, they, they still, they can fight against it, all this public work stuff. I mean, as like vehemently and ardently and just rally hard against it. But at the end of the day, they still get to go out and use it. Hmm. They, still, they still get to go take in the, the There's benefits, probably so. people that are so um, pure, so pure that they would be like, I don't like it, and I won't even go on it. Yes, for sure. I'm sure that exists. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... So what happens now? Now it goes to the house? Yeah, and it... Uh, they they should wrap this thing up on uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, is is the word on the, on the hill. And then there will never be another problem. <laughs> this is it. Then, then we get a... <laughs> well, no, because then it'll have to go to the Senate. Yes. No, the set, no, I no this is jeez, you guys. This was the preliminary vote. No, this is not the preliminary vote. This was we're bringing this thing out onto the floor for debate. Okay, 
we voted to say we are not going to have a debate. We want to go to a vote. Okay. They're like, great, we're going to bring this bag out next week, and we're going to vote so everybody can study up on this. And this is the House, correct? Oh, do you yes. think that And this... then it's going to go to the Senate. Yes. I'm right. Oh, yeah, he did say this. Yeah. Great Senate. American Outdoors cloture vote. 80 to 17. Cloture. I didn't notice that part. Cloture, I think, is what it cloture. is. Cloture. Yeah. I mean, we get it all from the French. So they, is they there a chance that... that they were voting to debate it. Yes. But when they vote for real, it might be unanimous. It could very well be unanimous. It could very well um, be some a little bit of political games of like, um, I'm going to be a nice person and, and push it this way so everybody knows, but then I might ding you in the back <laughs> when we go to the actual vote. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff that that's still up in the air. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's another deal. Like we had an incredible amount of outpouring from, uh, you know, people that listen to the, to the show and listen to the week in review, um, and follow everybody's social channels. I was talking about the great American outdoors act, incredible amount of people wrote in and said, you know, I have never, ever done this before, but I actually, uh, got a hold of my senator. You want to know something interesting? Yanni called his. Uh, tell him, Yanni. I called uh, Representative Gene Forte. Yep. Left him a message at his Washington, D.C. office. It was a weekend. It was Saturday. So I just got a voicemail or a, not a voicemail. I left a voicemail on a m- machine. Used He's to like, be a Greg, machine. this is Yanni. Yeah. What's up? I live just down the street from you, Bozeman, Montana. All I gave him was my name. In the city that I lived in, and then on Monday I received an email from his office saying, "Thanks for reaching out." That's customer service. So man. I don't know. I don't know what kind <laughs> of technology. Next level, like, that's what you want to call it. <laughs> that's next level customer service. So they actually were able to find you on his email and email him. Oh, yes. I'm. Are you not? Getting I've the emailed him before. So, oh, okay. You know, yeah. already uh, previously um, had you on record. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is a solid CRM. But yeah. even then, even then. <laughs> follow up i was impressed man, man yeah i like when little things make you feel proud of uh like our system when i took someone to small claims court uh i walked away feeling i was patriotic for months after that <laughs> Tell what, me what, I loved, what happened what happened? Oh, i had a dispute with the landlord and uh the house i was renting burnt down and i thought oh. well since it burnt down i feel like it wasn't my fault it was someone else they knew what caused it the house oh. burnt down and i was like i feel like i should get like my rent back because i didn't burn it down but now i can't go into it because it's burnt down and they're basically like, no. And that was really getting on my nerves. And I eventually got him in small claims court, and the judge spent the whole time yelling at him. And you just sat there? I just sat there. And the judge <laughs> is like, you've got no problem. The checks come rolling in, and you just cash them, and then there's a problem. And then, duh, 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 duh. And just, I almost started feeling bad for the person. <laughs> yeah. you must I never said off. anything. The judge was so irritated he, by he, them. He prorated the month or whatever. Yeah, the judge like give him his fire. Judge like give him his money. Wow. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. The judge like all they do is yell at the person. I God bless it. America. <laughs> <laughs> That's the justice I loved system. It. They're kind of, the judge is kind of like, oh, but what? Yeah. What? Yeah. You have nothing. That's like, what are you even talking about? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I guess let's let's recap here. Senate voted. To not cloture. No, to cloture. Oh. <laughs> All right. 
Now there's going to be a vote next week that is a vote vote. Like, yays, nays to move this bill on. The, you know, the final step is the executive branch, right? This bill's got to hit Trump's desk and he's got to sign it. Yeah, he'll sign it. Yeah, I mean, he he's voiced public support for this already. Yeah, and, and he'd, be, it, he'd be overridden anyway. Well, it's, it's very, um, you know, this is something everybody wants right now. So yeah, and it's, it's coming it's, out of his, and it's got big support from the Interior Department anyway, so. Yeah. Good. Okay, now tell us about the next thing, Cal. Or, or do we want to take a break and talk about the song about Yanni? You got a is new it too song? much news? Is it too much news in a row if Cal goes into more news? I Dep- like the idea of breaking it up. Depends. Is it an uplifting story like the one that he ended with last time we were all together? It's up. Yeah, I'd say it's uplifting. You want to do the land access? That's what I want to talk about next. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's break it up and talk about it. Yeah. Because we got to talk about another song later. So I feel like rather than talking about two songs later, which I thought would be a good idea a minute ago, now I want to talk about one song now, where uh, Yanni, I wrote a, I started trying to work on a song about Yanni set to um, the ballad of Davy Crockett. And someone found, or someone did it better, on, what's that on, Phil? Reddit. Yeah, can you play it for us real quick? Yeah. They didn't strum along or anything. The Latvian eagle has a keen game eye. He wears a power ring, it makes him extra sly. His trekking pole's known for making big bears cry. If you hear a blouch, kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> Yanni, Yanni Chumani, he's one hell of a guy. It's really nice, man. I mean, just everything about <laughs> it just came uh, right together. Yanni Chimani, the, the way the song came about is we were in Bolivia with the Chimani tribe, and I was going to write a song about if Yanni decided never to go home. Yeah, but I think that was spurred on by, because you were having a lot of thoughts and visions. Like You like to play a sort of like what-if game with yourself. I like to call mind. mind movies. Mind movies. <laughs> 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 and it involved like, you know, if something were to happen to my wife and my family and I had to restart again. I'd do I'd it be, down here. Be down here because a, a lot of what we saw, they don't, no, no, there's nothing wrong with it, but they don't keep up their homesteads or their villages the same way that we do here in the states. A lot of and us, I really right? wanted to clean everything yeah, up. Yeah, you really wanted to like <laughs> spruce it up. So you had you had these visions <laughs> and organized grand visions of you know giant villages all nice and tidy, and lawn mowed, the fishing and, equipment organized. And, and, that's right. You know. And um, I don't know. I guess from there, when you realize that wasn't going to really happen, then you you spawn that into the song. Yeah, and it was all about Yanni, but and that's what we came up with Yanni Chimani. The best part of that trip, uh, I don't want to name who it was. One of the guys we work with had just had to had just had to call it off with a girlfriend. Do you think we're okay to talk about this? Oh yeah, he had had to. <laughs> he, <laughs> we're gonna do. Then we got we got some intros we got to do. He had had to call it off with a girlfriend because. It's, it's like weird. It's, it's a weird reason to have to call it off with someone. His one of our guys is dating a girl who had a cat, a house cat, and she would talk to him as though speaking through the cat, oh. in a baby voice. 
Oh. In, a, in a cat baby voice. Kitten in a voice. cat baby voice. This is someone whose so, nickname is familiar to everyone, right? Well, I'm going to give him a different name right now. Okay. Let's say his name's Dave. So if Dave was laying there and the cat was there, she would be across the room and she'd be like, Dave, I'm here to be pet. Okay. And he couldn't handle it. Um, <laughs> and, he, and he had to call it off. So what happened though, while we were down there, the Chimani were explaining to us that there's a woman that will go into the river. It's a, it's a demon. Like an like, like a extra, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a spirit. A spirit. A, a, a spirit that goes into the evil. river. An evil. evil spirit. A beautiful woman. A beautiful nude woman will go into the river and pretend to drown. And she'll seduce men to come out to save her. And then she'll grab them and pull them Aren't under the ground. Aren't they called sirens? Yeah, it's like a siren. Yeah, yeah. It's like a mermaid. It's like a mermaid yeah. siren thing. Yeah. yeah. So somehow Phil's story about the cat and this woman got uh, conflated to it became that there is a woman in the river who goes, Phil, I'm drowning, Phil. Coach, can't, you got to redo it now with Dave. Oh, I thought it was Dave. Oh, I thought it was Dave. Oh, sorry. Not me. So we, re- we reimagined it. We reimagined it where these two things got conflated to where there was a siren who would go in the river and be, Dave, come save me. Drowning, Dave. My food's all wet. And I believe the one night that we, we, we fished that hole until dark and then some of the chamais had hung back and maybe even fished in, into the darkness and when they came back some of them were claiming that they had the, heard the that woman. she was yeah yeah Dead. not in her kitten voice just the regular one that <laughs> they were come, used to hearing. come and drown you um let's do introductions I, I failed to do that then we're coming back to you cal kevin sure. yeah um kevin wilkerson marketing director at weatherby do you mind uh, recapping for people super quick about your thumb? That's not a super quick story. We it's talk about this all the time. This is the main thing we talk about. He talked about it today at the range, and I was like, I can't believe <laughs> he brought it back yeah. up. It's the main thing we talk about. I've told at least a dozen people. Anytime we get it, the first time we heard it was at my place for dinner. It was. And you guys the second time I heard it. Oh, where'd you hear Was it better the second time? Where'd you hear it the first time? I heard it the first time. No, we were. Remember oh, when the, was, we were witness to a mild catastrophe at Sheep Show? Sheep Show. Oh, yeah. Almost show. witnessed to a mild yeah. catastrophe at yeah. Sheep Show? Okay. And it was a catastrophe it. that I almost witnessed. That then, inspired you to tell the story about your thumb. I guess that's true. Yeah. And then I guess when you, we were antelope hunting, at I Adam, asked you about it again. Oh, you asked me about it again. So, yeah, you that heard was the it the first time times. I heard it. It's oh, yeah. it's actually caused productivity issues for us. We talk about it so much. <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad people think it's a a good story. It's I don't know if I believe it. It's and that's why I'm not going to recap it because it's oh. a very unbelievable story. <laughs> and I think a recap would do it no justice. If we're going to share this story with our listeners, we, we got to get the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> I'll do a quick. Do you mind? You can tell it another time. You don't need to tell it right now. But I'll tell the short version. Go ahead. Unless it doesn't make you uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Oh, heck no. I, I don't care. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Wilkerson cut off his thumb. Uh, right at the knuckle. At the knuckle. And gecko-like, <laughs> he regenerated his thumb. 
To a point, yes. And it doesn't feel quite right, but it's definitely there. Yeah. But if you look at his two thumbs, yep. I don't here, think, here around the table. I, I don't think that anyone Brody, here. Have you, you heard this story, Brody? I actually, I'm one of the few people who haven't. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> the right thumb is regrown. The left thumb Bullshit. is the original. Bullshit. <laughs> fake thumb on? That thing's your regular thumb. No, this is the no, one. No, that's that, a regenerated. I mean, thumb. look, they're definitely different. They are. The, 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 the thumbnail is substantially the different. The nail is d- like double times as thick. It's definitely but a different. I feel shape. like I've been set up. And no, you can see how flat it is. <laughs> you gotta look close. It does have a flat. It doesn't have oh, the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't we, have the same. We call them wool content around the What office. I did too is I gave it a couple pokes. And I poked it and prodded it. <laughs> is it is it bigger than the other? Yo, one? Oh yeah, it's way bigger. Yeah, it, it grew back like one and a half. I can actually palm a basketball with my right hand. And I can't palm a basketball with my left hand, and it's all because of the thumb being a little bit longer. Like the bionic thumb. Yep. Yeah. I got to hear the the, the yeah. detailed version. It, it's it's a wild story. It Next got cut off on. in a grinder. I mean, it was a very it was a gruesome accident. I think we'll have you on, and I'd like you, when you when you come on, I want you to tell the full thumb story, and then okay. tell the fu- the full story about the sign you found in Alaska. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I also want to know... What about the drumstick and the eyeball? Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I like that story, and I like the stuff about catching <laughs> yeah, the lobster. The drumstick and the eyeball is rugged. <laughs> wow, you got some good ones. Yeah, oh, no, the, that sign, was... the sign he found in Alaska? <laughs> Amazing story. I actually told that story like last week. <laughs> Somebody asked me about it because they were at the house. They said, hey, what's that sign? I said, oh, it's one of my best stories. You're like, Grab, pull up a chair. <laughs> pull up a chair. It's going to take a while. <laughs> if you record it on the podcast here next time, then you can just... Oh, refer people yeah. to yeah. it. There refer you go. I could just say, it. yeah, it's episode yeah. XX on uh, Meat Eater. Yeah. Gonna be, I'm going to call that episode uh, Calvin Wilkerson's Greatest Hits. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all injury related, except for the sign. <laughs> Anyways, that's me. Glad to be here. Oh, did you say what you do, though? Oh, yeah. I'm the director of marketing and customer service at Weatherby, Sheridan, Wyoming. Okay, Luke. Luke Torkelson. I'm the vice president of sales, marketing, and product development at Weatherby. And my thumbs have not regenerated. You just got the thumbs you were born with. <laughs> the regular old thumbs. They're kind of boring. Well, um, Brody's here. Yep. Phil, we already heard from Phil. Brody, uh, me and Brody just turned in uh, For a, a group project, mostly turned in our wilderness skills and survival book, which... Early estimates are that it will be about 600, could around 600 pages. Last one you'll ever need. That sounds like a lot of value. But they're not going to make you split it into two like they did the uh, complete guide to hunting. No, that's a good story for people to know because when we did did our, I'm stumbling here, when we did our complete guide to hunting, butchering, and cooking wild game, that was intended to not be volume one and two. It was intended to be one big book. But that was a large format color book with a bazillion photographs in it. So the publisher was like, you can't, we're not going to make a 700-page book. Like They just don't do that, especially color and big. And she's like, you either got to, like, we got to figure it out. So you either throw half of it in the garbage or make it two. And that's how that came to be two. Well, luckily it. I'm, I'm glad it came to be two. Up. Yeah, but this one, there's no splitting up. Yeah, you'd have to do like nine books, nine small books. So, giant book, uh, illustrations, beautiful illustrations. The same illustrator, if you look at the complete guide, did he do illustrations in the cookbook? I don't believe we had any illustrations in the cookbook. Yeah, but he did do, the, this illustrator did do uh, uh, Yanni's special bandana series. That's right. Yanni's how to gut a deer bandana. 
Speaking of Yanni, he's got a couple choice stories in the survival. Yanni, book. Yanni's contributions in the book are so good. We call him uh, Yanni bars. Yanni bars. People are <laughs> people are familiar with sidebars. <laughs> this it beats it. It undersells. It undersells these called oh, sidebars. Man. Yanni's inputs. Yanni on avalanche. Yanni on spike camps. Yanni on all manner of things. Yeah, Yanni I feel bad. I wasn't on, able to chip in more. Yanni I'm glad on you guys the without me. Yanni on the bears on pepper spray pistol debate. It's a good one. Which he points yeah. out that one time he had his pistol and his pepper spray and a bear came at him and he grabbed his trekking pole. Didn't use that. <laughs> <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So when the rubber meets the road, I don't know. <laughs> but in theory, here's what I was going for. <laughs> but I heard a really nice compliment uh, about that book and uh, so directed at you guys was that the book was very entertaining to read and story-like but was equally balanced with like good skills and education. Yeah, it's a good combo. I mean, stories like you were telling helped out with that yeah yanni bars yanni bars get yours um it'll be coming out it'll be a while but you know you want to hear some hard salesmanship when that book comes i'm talking to you people out there when that book comes out make no bones about it i'm gonna come and like prepare start saving your money and stuff like that because when that book comes out um we got screwed out of the bestseller list with our fishing game cookbook. I was so excited, just for personal reasons and also just for general reasons, to have it be that on the New York Times bestseller list was a fishing game cookbook. I could go into a long story about why we sold plenty of books to make the list, but the way they count, they were all quick lesson on publishing here. We're getting way off track, Cal. That's what people need to know this. So when you look at something being a New York Times bestseller, they don't they want to see it sold from a variety of sources because there's a thing where people can buy their own book onto the bestseller list. And now and then a book will make the bestseller mm. list and it gets accused of bulk accounts. Mm. So because if the, if, the, on, if the weather's right, you could have a, a nonfiction book come out and sell like, you know, four or 5,000 copies and hit the bestseller list in certain categories. So people with means have at times orchestrated their own bestsellers. Their own purchases. Where they just, they had money's not an object sure. to them and they've, and they've gamed it. So what the Times likes to see is they like to see it sold uh, all around the country from a variety of sources. Yeah. Then what they like to see is they actually, they actually do it. So certain independent bookstores are 2X when they, when they run their formula. We sold all the books that were in print, we sold before the book came out. All through Amazon. So by the time the book came out, it was already it was already back ordered thousands of copies, and we had sold enough through pre orders to hit the bestseller list. In fact, we we know the exact numbers of what the bestseller because our publisher had a bunch of them. We know we sold more copies than books that beat us on the bestseller list, but they, it didn't count because they had all been single source pre orders through Amazon. So the numbers were not accepted. So this time, man, I'm, we're talking about it pretty early. What is it, June? We're talking about something that's going to happen in like November or December. But get ready. 
Yeah. Start asking your local bookstore now. Plan on not getting it through Amazon. Is that what we need to tell them? Just, they just need to buy it all over. Like, you got to buy it from a lot of places. <laughs> Two, three everybody. different copies. <laughs> Multiple copies. Yeah, each call, person. Call up Weatherby down in Sheridan, Wyoming. Debit and after you credit. order a rifle, say, ask him if you got... We're not saying Steve don't buy it at yeah. Amazon. If you have, but if you have the option of buying it at a bookstore, do that. No, we're, we're going to... We got it all. The, the problem was that the... the 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 enthusiasm for the book. Do you remember we did an episode of the podcast called Begging and Pleading? Mm-hmm. It was like basically we just told everybody what's in the book. I think that to walk through this new book is going to take is going to be Begging and Pleading Part Two A and B. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we're going to spend two episodes walking through the book. Everybody's got to order the book. Just prepare yourself. You'll learn. A I don't lot. think it's going to be expensive. Per page, it's going to be like barely that much money per page. <laughs> You're right. But I tell you what, this is going to be an expensive podcast for the viewers. Because of all the stuff they got to do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not done. Oh, we're not done. You're not done selling? Yeah, not. No. No. Not even close. No. Okay, so we got to move on towards the sales part. We got to introduce Adam with his 307 hat. Area code? Yep. Okay. Not 406. 307. And not 206. And not 907. 307. One of the yeah. one of the small handful of single area code states That's where right. residents of that state tattoo that area code onto their arm, and then I wonder well, what happens when they split the area code or wear a hat. We had actually <laughs> done it. <laughs> That's for people who aren't very committed. No, we did a serial number of a gun and auctioned it off for I don't know what fifteen grand or something. Fourteen or fifteen. Yeah. Fourteen or fifteen thousand bucks because it was serial number three hundred seven W Y zero 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 three zero seven. Oh, really? Somebody paid. 14, 15 grand for it. Cool. Yeah. Really? Yeah. There's a large subculture of people that are obsessed with that. Yeah. In Alaska, everybody gets 907 tattoos and whatnot. Right. But I feel that at some point, they're going to split the area codes. When I was a little boy, my area code was 616. Me too. Now it's 231. Hmm. So what do I do with my tattoo then? I'd have to hmm. change it into like the mark of the beast, 666. Not going to do that. No. I don't know. You're just stuck with a 616 area code. <laughs> yep. So be forewarned. Well, when people see that, they'd just be like, oh, he's OG. (laughs) (laughs) Or you put a little number next to it and say, see footnotes, and then you can start tattooing (laughs) footnotes. Hey, man, it's a struggle to find time to manage one's finances. It's a struggle to find time to manage my finances. You go through like a busy week and the last thing you want to do is spend time budgeting you know your expenses and tracking down customer service teams to cancel old subscriptions you're paying for that you don't use but now you use rocket money and does all of that for me i'll tell you this this happens all the time in our family because like something will come out that we want to watch and they lure you in with a one month trial and you're like oh you know i'll do the one month trial then i'll come back and cancel then i can watch this whole thing and then like you don't you forget about it, and then, and then a year goes by, and you've been paying these guys 12 bucks all year and never watched a single thing. This finds that stuff and gets rid of it for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app. It goes in and finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions. It helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings instead. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Saving members up to $740 a year when using all the app's features. Stop wasting money 
on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. That's rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Again, rocketmoney.com slash meat eater. Hey, I've said it before and I'll say it a thousand times more. If you got a family and you got people that rely on you, you need to take life insurance seriously. And Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. So with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Your life insurance policy you know, that you get at work may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. Now, this is super convenient, right? Because a lot of times, you know, something like life insurance, you're just going to put it off because you're like, when will I ever have time to do that? I don't even know who to talk to about it. Well, this helps you do it online. Okay, again, you're comparing options from top companies, all right? Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Applying for tags each year in the West can be daunting. Yeah, I apply for everything everywhere. It's daunting. You have to go to a variety of sources to formulate your best guess as to where to apply. Well, this is a thing of the past now. Onyx just launched Hunt Research Tools to simplify the process for all hunters. This tool helps organize the data that matters, makes comparing hunt options easy, and helps hunters develop a plan based on real metrics rather than gut feelings. OnX Hunt also offers all elite members a free digital membership to Hunt and Fool, who I use, for boots on the ground, insight and knowledge, and a membership to Hunt Reminder so you never miss another deadline. Stop stressing over application season and apply with confidence in 2024. Check out OnX Hunt Research Tools, free for all OnX Hunt Elite members. Not an elite member? Well, let's fix that. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt. This is an app I use literally every day. I use it for every aspect of hunting, scouting, trapping, you name it. So, Cal, the Land Access Initiative. You just came back from a location. I don't know if you can tell people what the location is or not. Yeah, I, I, I just came back from kind of a secret mission to Maine. And uh, was working with some nonprofits, um, so you know it's essential travel. It's for the good of the people. It's work related. It's got to be good. Yep. yep. Uh, it's work related and essential for the people. So, quick recap. Big thank you to everybody who's uh, purchased Renella Putellas campaign merch. Renella Putellas twenty twenty. Like we said, the proceeds from all of those sales are going to more hunting and fishing. Somehow, some way, we're going to find access projects that provide more. That's the baseline. Uh, and we reviewed an incredible amount of submissions uh, over the last few months and uh, started reaching out and, and talking to individual uh, project owners across the U.S. Can you and, remind people real quick what that process looked like for you, Cal? Like what you asked of folks. Yeah, so there was a, a big questionnaire and then there were follow-up questions, but 
you know, essentially it was, you know, how familiar you are with the project, what it provides, like, is it access to uh, a landlocked chunk of ground? Is it access to water? Does it provide uh, opportunities for hunting and fishing both? Uh, what else can you do out there? What's the habitat like? Is this a habitat uh, improvement project? Um, and really, you know, trying to whittle down to, because the hard part with this stuff is you are never, ever going to talk to somebody who's like, yeah, it's not that great of a place, but I just thought I'd throw (laughs) it in there. You know, everybody is very attached to their project their piece of ground uh and they're and they're very passionate about it yeah let me take this back one quick one step even further back than that what we're doing is we're we're maybe you said this and i was just being stupid and didn't catch it but we're trying to we're raising money through ranella putella's 2020 to try to do to try to do some act to try to do land acquisition yes and so cal was um soliciting input where people who are the eyes and ears out on the landscape, people who would say, oh, you know, it'd be a sweet property if we could get it into the public domain. Yes. Oh, it was, sorry no, if you made no, that clear. Okay. No, that's great. I mean, um, the, you know, I'll, I'll tell you right now, and if this is you, please write in, call. Um, like the pie in the sky idea is someone out there listening is going to be like, oh, well, grandma or granddad, they're, they'd be totally happy to shave off a 20-acre long strip that connects to that huge chunk of national forest that nobody can get to or BLM or something like that and, and through a phone call and cutting a check. and Or wouldn't that be a sweet river access? Yes. On a chunk of river or lake where no one can get into it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we just make a permanent easement for – to get a get to the public to go down there and enjoy um and then there's a huge variety of of projects that that came in how many that were more complex the you know we ended up with folks that like actually were serious filled out everything uh the way you're supposed to and had an actual spot um that wasn't a mix of vague details um, to uh, 264. Seriously? Like 264 full submissions. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, like I said, these were the people that were uh, serious enough to be putting in some thought and then got those uh, down quite a bit um, to, to something manageable. And now you're out doing some, now you're out hitting the ground to try to get the, yeah, the smell of the place. Yeah, and Cal uh, sent me a beautiful photo of a waterfall. Yeah, and he found some moose and deer tracks. Yeah, and this place is is pretty unique because it, it's a body of water um, that is the property is contiguous, and it and it in in the heart of this contiguous property is uh, a small lake, a pond. Um, and, uh, it's, it's really cool. Uh, you know, our editor in chief, Anthony Licata, uh, he worked for a very long time at Field and Stream. Uh, before that publication was called Field and Stream, 
It was called uh, Forest and Stream, was the predecessor to Field and Stream. Hmm. And this body of water uh, was actually advertised as a place for folks to get out of the city and come up and fish in 1893. No, really? Yeah. Yep. They... uh, so are you, is it secret or not secret? I, I don't want to say the the actual township. Yeah, but this, this is, this should give plenty of idea, right? Like right now it's, it's de facto public access. It's in, it's in Maine, but it is private property. And what a lot of folks don't realize uh, about Maine is there is a ton of access in the state, but it is primarily private ground that just isn't posted. Got you. I don't want to get out ahead of ourselves here, but we're going to make a pledge to personally not ever go there to fish or anything. Uh, listen to this. Because I don't want anyone to think that it was... that it was. Uh, what if Cal already fished it? Did you already fish it, Cal? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you got you to gotta test it, right? Well, yeah, he's just like taking it for, he's taking it for a test ride, man. Uh, but eight, then don't go back. 1893... Uh, <laughs> This camp that they had in their fishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1893. Their weekend take was 500 trout. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Prolific fishing. Now, let me, is it a property that connects to more property? Yes, it does. It so does. it does open up more access than just the property it, itself. It's a multi-year thing right now it does, you know, but like I said, there's, with the, the convoluted part of this thing is, uh, there you know, there's groups working on providing permanent access. Right now, there's access to that ground, mm-hmm. but it's not permanent. It's permanent in the fact that the landowners that have it now are still have the mindset that's been around Maine for a long, long time of, I'm not using all this ground. I don't need to post it. Folks want to occasionally walk through here to deer hunt or pick mushrooms or whatever, that's fine by me. Hunt grouse. We saw a ton of, a ton of grouse, a ton of rough grouse. Um, and, uh, yeah, but the, the hard part is, is, is as these lands change over, right? There used to be like these giant timber company lands up there. There still are some, uh, major timber company lands. Um, that's really what people are, are doing a lot of hunting and fishing on. But it's private, just like you guys experience here in Western Montana. There's kind of this de facto access program, yeah, like Weyerhaeuser lands, and yeah. yeah, and it's been around for so long. People are like, "Oh, it's just they don't even know it's private property. They think it's U.S. Forest Service ground or something like that." Um, but it's like it changes hands one more time, and that new buyer is like, "Well, no, 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 I, I'm." The privacy is what I want. It doesn't matter yeah. if I'm only there a weekend or whatever. So is the goal to get a chunk shaved off that will just allow access to the public ground that's behind it? Uh, no, the goal right now would be to uh, would be to purchase this acreage that includes the pond. Um, that there's a, a defined easement in place right now. Little parking area. Um, foot. It's right now. It's foot access only into the pond. Um, and it the cool part here is this township has zero public land owned by the township. And this would be the very first chunk of public land, even though like it's it's fully documented that this township, people growing up and living and raising families there, they've they've been utilizing this place 
um, since, you know, well before 1893. Well, 1893, it got a little publicity in forest mm-hmm. and stream. but Because they tore it a new one on trout. They tore it a new one, and they were, having, they were like, bring more camps. Um, <laughs> so There's a lot we're leaving out, cause like, like little like details. Yeah. But uh, where we might land is this. So we got some money in the, in the, in the campaign coffers. Yeah. Um, but the election happens in November, right? So we'll take office. It's like the campaign <laughs> won't be going anymore. Um, we'll have a new secretary of ag, Doug Duran. We got our whole cabinet, ATF, Ronnie Bame, Pat Durkin, secretary of the Navy. We got the whole cabinet filled out. But in the meantime, as long as you buy Ronella Patel's 2020 Better Hunting and Fishing for America stuff, it goes into the, the our kitty of money. When our kitty of money is right, and we identify our place, there might be a discrepancy, right? Yes. And when we identify what exactly that discrepancy is, there's going to be a mad dash for to to find ways to get the support we need to to push it across the finish line in a hurry. Yes. But don't dig into your book buying money. <laughs> so <laughs> you got to have a separate pile of money. We're gonna we're, you're gonna have to you got many piggy jars here. <laughs> Um, uh, or piggy banks rather. The other thing to keep in mind is just like I said, you're never going to go out, be invited out to check out something that people don't care very passionately about. Yeah. They all have an incredible amount of value. Um, and I, I do not want people to think like this is a one and done thing. Like, um, this is uh, the something the cabinet's going to push very strong for uh, for uh, multiple years, um, oh. and, and hope that we can have just a long lasting program. We need to get it permanently funded, benefits. permanently funded, just like exactly, the, just like LWCF. Yeah. yeah so the, Cal and Cal's work on this, he's expanded, or this isn't this isn't a one off. This is not a one off. So um, Cal's going to become like Ted Turner. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just ranches and stuff all over the place. The inverse of I'm like, yeah, I know about ranches all over the place. Um, but yeah, so this this is a cool project. Uh, found some moose tracks, found some deer tracks. Uh, there's a loon that comes in there every night. Um, Did you catch any fish? One mallard in there. I uh, I long lined released uh, some some very small brook trout, um, and then uh, what the heck else? Two really found two really cool frogs. Um, did did a little uh, uh, chewing on some different plant species. Uh, did you go swimming? Is it a good swimming pond? Yeah, it would be. It's forty feet deep. Oh. So I wasn't jumping in the water here in June. Yeah, yeah. Like you, the, you thought it would be chilly. Pond. A little chilly. Yeah, yeah. Were the, the skeeters bad? I have a mosquito bite, or like right in the very top of the uh, gluteal crease. That happens to be since yeah. I have no. Uh, so when you scratch it, people think you, like you're not clean. Well, yeah, and on top of that, like because I don't don't have a lot of meat on my butt, my pants like to ride right about there. And it's just it's highly irritating. <laughs> so as yeah, if we didn't want to shake stuff. hands for COVID, now we don't want to <laughs> shake Cal's <laughs> hand for sure. Exactly, exactly. So that's yeah. When Cal didn't shake, it had nothing no, to do with the global <laughs> pandemic, man. Uh, <laughs> There's a huge project in Wyoming that's that's very cool. Oh, really? Um, that's that's being worked on by shout out three hundred seven. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
And there's a great project here in Montana that I'm actually um, going to have a phone call uh, on here this evening too. So, oh, so you haven't Jeez. made the call yet, but you flew out there just to kind of feel, scout, he had feel, to scout it out, feel it out. Yeah, All right. yeah, yeah. But Cow, man, see beating, if it's the, the, right beating one. the pavement for yeah, the, the pavement for access, man. Yeah, and then there's so much more to go. Like this, yeah. Like I said, we're we're going to be beating on this stuff for a long time because, um, you know now or never for all of this stuff i'd like to buy a whole state would be good Just the whole state when you go to the meteor.com <laughs> to buy some ranella patellas uh merchandise don't limit yourself or don't think that you're going to limit yourself to a t-shirt there's hats there's brown ones there's uh blaze orange ones hunter's orange for hunting season well, some bumper stickers bumper stickers i think there's a small oval sticker too yeah. There's a uh, reusable cloth bag. If you don't like to use the old plastic bags, the grocery store. What else? Mm, yard signs. Do they sell those? Really? Do we have yard Did signs? Yard signs I have a yard out? sign. I don't know if it's sold. Great. I'm the yard at signs right might be coming. Keep you know, your Yanni, eye out for Yanni that. was a salesman for a while. Tar- Tarmigan Sports. I can tell. Yeah, that's right. Um, he was a salesman, and then he was a... Uh, the song that we just played is actually called Long Tong Yanni, isn't it? Because he was a... a Grill man. At, mm. uh, don't tell me, Yanni. He's a grill man at Tuscanini's. Good work. Yeah. Good work. And he was a salesman at Tarmigan Sports. And he led in, did you lead in sales, Yanni? No, no, oh. that wasn't me. <laughs> 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 Definitely not. No, no. no. All right, we so, didn't keep track. Uh, what's going on? At, uh, tell us what's going on at Weatherby. You guys are all getting all cozy in your new headquarters? Yeah, no doubt about that. We it's are. We're actually, actually, yeah. actually. Did you get shut down? Did you get shut down because of. No, it's it's the 307. We do what we want. Um, <laughs> they, they still respect liberty down there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It, it, my wife heads up HR, so that's helpful too. But no, we. <laughs> you, you got a direct line. No, we had, uh, you know, we didn't shut down, uh, but, you know, we had. We got a big factory. We're all able to kind of social distance, keep our thing going. Yeah, we got a lot of room. You got a lot of room in there. Yeah, yeah, we do. I mean, it's it's our. You got to depend on a supply chain from around the world coming in and customers to ship to. So every day there for a while, it was a little hectic trying to figure out what's going on. But we're all healthy and we're making guns. So. Did you um, did you guys run into problem uh, problems where? components you needed were coming from places that weren't able to produce components. Yeah. reason yeah. I bring this up is I was at Sportsman's Warehouse. Mm-hmm. I We're going fishing this weekend with the kids, so I had to go grab, mm-hmm. like, you know, sinkers, bobbers, right. bait holder hooks, right. all that kind of stuff that tends to get left in all the trees around, mm-hmm. the, and tends to get left in the bushes <laughs> around the edge of the lake. Um, dude, stripped clean. Yeah. I mean, the store is stripped clean. Mm. I'm guessing that's a function of supply chain. Or no? Yeah, and demand, you know, too. Yeah, it's both. It's really both. I mean, in, in firearms right now, obviously, everybody's been kind of reading there's crazy things going on. Our our, our product line, because we're kind of more of a, you know, primarily hunting, you know, and less self-defense, uh, that sort of thing. So we didn't see the spike everybody else you did. Haven't felt, you haven't felt it it's like It's same uh, with just the sustenance and going out there and harvesting my own meat and catching my own fish and just getting outdoors finally, too. Yeah. I think there's a delay on that and people have been a little trapped and... But the supply chain was certainly there. I mean, we have a lot of components, say, going to one rifle. And so, I mean, one spring can hold up a whole rifle from going out the door. But you didn't so, run into that. 
We ran into some, oh. not not bad. We ran into some stuff. We were kind of fortunate. It was days, some of the, days, and yeah, maybe not even weeks. But we were fortunate. Yeah. Some of the bumps we had were the things we already had product of, and the things we needed, we kind of had. So we we're just you got lucky. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you know, I, I didn't really appreciate the lengths of where that of, of how that stuff would affect manufacturing. But I was even trying to find a part for a jet foot on an outboard engine. And had trouble. Well, I call this guy and he's like, Man, no, you and everybody in the country. I'm like, How many people are actually looking <laughs> yeah, for like an no impeller joke. sleeve? Because yeah. they're all gone. <laughs> really? There's yeah. like one guy in California that makes them. He can't go into his plant. Because yeah, nope. there are none. If you find one, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> the weird so. demand and the supply chain stuff. And I mean, it's, it's weird. And then, of course, we, you know, shipped to gun dealers around the country. And so everybody with FFLs, and it's like, Man, we had a, a COVID hold list yeah, of yeah. just different states and different things and who you could ship to and who you couldn't. It was definitely nuts for a while. Yeah. It, so. Some of our distributors had some of their best days in history, like 10, 20, 30 of them in a row. And so they're telling us, hey, pause for a minute on some of the hunting stuff because we got to get 9 mil and two two three ammo up in yeah, here. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. So... But that's probably cooled off. Well, I don't know. Maybe that's cooled off a little bit now. Hmm. I now, think it's, now we're in riot season. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, yeah. I still think it's pretty hot. <laughs> yeah. Really? It, it actually upticked uh, again now with all the violence in the country and stuff. So it's everybody's really? scared. Yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, we've seen fear buying over the years, uh, politically driven a lot, or unfortunately say after, you know, some sort of tragedy in the country, some guys come out, say we're going to, you know, pull an Elmer Fudd on you and, you know, that sort of thing. And, yep. you know, take your guns and it spikes. And for us in our line, like, People are like, wow, you must be selling a lot of guns right now. We're, again, we try to make just a good quality product for you to go take in the outdoors. It's not as much that yeah, so you don't, you don't fear feel buying that, stuff, yeah. but it affects the whole industry. So the demand is different, what dealer stock is different, what they have, what they don't have, where their attention is. So the whole thing kind of affects, mm-hmm. it's a kind of a giant, you know, pool that everything kind of gets mixed up in. But for us, we just like stable like this is what our customers want we want to make it we want to get it to them so it's a it's a little different rather than the because after a big high you get a big low mm-hmm. that's for yeah. sure because then you get everything overstock everybody discounts it rebates it and so it's a little messy so we just try to provide more consistency we were i can't remember who i was talking to the other day we were visiting about the the um the real or perceived 22 ammo scare of what the hell year was that? Oh, that, that was, was a while ago. Yeah. Oh, that was a long time Five ago. Five years ago. But the thing is, like, it feeds on itself because I never thought anything about 22 shells. I mean, yeah, I always, yeah. if, if I needed 22 shells, I'd go and buy like one of those slidey CCI yeah. 100. 50, mm-hmm. 50 pack. Whatever. Be like, hey, there's my 22 shells. But the minute I heard, yes. you know, there's a shortage of 22 shells, then I'd walk into a store and I'd see 22 shells and I'd buy them all. Yep. Or you'd see, like, there's a limit of a limit of 1,022 shells. And I'd be like, well, I'll be damned if I'm not buying 1,000. <laughs> it's like 20 pounds. Even though I need zero. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then I even saw, like, during that shortage, it was that I was in a Cabela's one time. You couldn't buy 22 ammo if you didn't get a Cabela's credit right. card. What? Oh, really? You, Sneaky. To get 22 ammo, you had or to you, sign up for a credit card. I remember you had if you, you could only get it if you bought a gun. <laughs> Like I remember, I would walk into Bass Pro Shop, and you could buy a twenty-two rifle, and you only got the twenty-two ammo if you bought that rifle. Wow! They had little combos like that flying all over the place. Yeah, and wow. then there's articles being written where people thought that there's all these conspiracy theories, but it was basically, in the end, it seems like the main argument is uh, people that manufacture ammunition tool up to manufacture certain kinds of ammunition, 
And then they'd tool up and do all their runs, and they were just busy doing not 22s. <laughs> it is true. Making ammo, you got to do big, big runs of certain things. There's really long lead times, like making brass, you know, doesn't happen overnight. And, you know, getting powder, there can be powder shortages, so the different things. So it is true, like, you can't just flip a switch, you know, and do that. Like, it's months of planning in, a, in advance for that. Yeah. yeah. So 22 shells and now uh, N95 masks. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Hand sanitizer. Is yeah. it is Toilet it a paper. thing like because uh, I'm not loading my own ammo anymore? Can I like collect all my Weatherby brass and just send it to an address, and you guys will take it back and make it into more? We don't offer there that. Guy, Cal, there's a guy if you come down that. with a pocket full, we'll help you out. <laughs> yeah, but, thank you. <laughs> or like for federal <laughs> ammo, can you? Have all that brass and just ship it off to federal just for, as like a recycling program. Not oh, expecting like what happens back? if you mail it back to them? Yeah, it's a we, great we've question. actually never. We yeah, we, we, we actually sell our once fired brass that we use in our testing. Yeah, and fire in our shop. brass. Yeah, we, yeah. As we go through it, we repackage it into older packaging and we sell it because it can be loaded. It's gone in times. Pack. It's yeah. gone in Fun. hours. You sell it as. Once just fired brass, spent like spent brass online, yeah. we'll just go. Okay, we got a bunch of it from our ranges, and then just put it on like a day later. Yeah. It's just gone. It's guys, gone in one guys day. eat it up. Is it like a is it like a like a mixed platter, like a chef's platter? Of no, ammo? it's usually oh, the cartridge yeah. they yeah. want. Okay, you, sort of. you don't really want a three hundred if you got a <laughs> seven mil, and it's boxed. I thought you sweep up the floor and into yeah. a garbage bag and send yeah. it off to some no, guy. It's okay. a They're box. not making jewelry out of the stuff. <laughs> Yeah, so it'll have a spent primer, so you got to get the primer out on your own, and if you want to tumble it, whatever you want to do. Really, but the, the reload, oh, yeah. the guys that want it, they it's want a discount. It. Yeah. Yeah, obviously, and do you sell, cheaper. you just sell it as doing people a favor. I mean, it's not yeah. like a lot of money. It's, yeah. it's better than us just recycling it because that'd be the next best thing. Because we can't sell it as new ammo if if, if it's, it's already been shot. Fiber, yeah. Because it's you know the annealing lines is going to be a little bit different, and no. it's going to look a little more dull. So we don't. It's not worth the time to retumble and reanneal and do all that stuff. So you guys have some really nice brass. Yeah, that we do. Top notch. Well, thank you, Giannis. <laughs> nice brass. <Yeah>. Um, <laughs> the how many times can you reload a shell? Oh, it's uh depends on the brass, and it, it depends does. on the cartridge. It does. So anywhere. Give me from, a, give me a more satisfying answer. Uh, I want it to be just a five. That's a, <laughs> yeah. that's a rabbit hole there, Sean. Yeah. Five. Yeah. The comments will fly in. Well, yeah. I've done this. Well, this in. won't work. Adam Weatherby, he don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there, you'll find people that will say they'll only load it three, three times. times. Yeah. And then you'll have people that, depending on the load that they make, that they've developed, that mm. they've shot for years, they might load it five times. Yeah. I've the the risk being that something eventually weakens. Uh, yeah, that, but you find uh, that yeah. in the loading, not in yeah. the shooting. So your neck, you know, as you're resizing, it's going to begin to have problems oh, and stuff you know like it. that. So, yeah, so you. it's not the integrity of it necessarily, you know, when you're firing it. Yeah. But you can tell when it's, you know, the neck might start to crack, um, you know, or different things as gotcha. you're doing it. So it's just weaken. Yeah, you would generally yeah. see it before you pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. You know it was played out. Yeah. And, uh, but you, when you sell ammo, you, you don't sell one, I mean, people aren't into that. The what? Once fired. No, brass. all of our ammo has never been fired. I mean, on the on the case itself. So, yeah. and then when we're doing our testing or load development or whatever, we've got a, just piles and piles of brass that so we'll just sell that as once fired brass after we shoot it. How many times do you um? Does does every rifle get shot? Good question. Yes, every rifle actually gets a, a proof load through it. Okay, so not everyone. 
you know, we saw thousands of guns. So, uh, I'm not personally going down. Everybody thinks my grandpa did. I he know drives, that. He drives every one of them down to the ring. I go down there personally, shoot a target, <laughs> send it off to everybody. But um, obviously, we we lot test for accuracy and do. I mean, we accuracy test with you know two underground ranges. You guys have seen it, and we do accuracy testing every single day. Um, so whether that's we got a new barrel, whether that's we got a new cartridge, a different load, a different type of powder, powder, a different lot of, you know, certain bullets, a different lot of brass. I mean, everything, you, a different contour barrel, different type of steel in the barrel, a different type of carbon fiber in the barrel, all those things are going to affect the accuracy bedding. So all of those things send us down to the range. Every gun, every rifle is actually shot with a proof load. And that proof load is actually loaded hotter. So like it's, uh, we actually, they're, the loads are colored, so you know that um, they're beyond, you know, usually, say, a load, uh, depending upon the cartridge, is in the low 60,000-something PSI. So, obviously, we're— That's what's going on inside the chamber. Correct. So, you know, we're we're delivering a product every day to customers that are putting, you know, 60,000-plus PSI within inches— somebody's face. God, so, that's really high. So what's, that's, what's your tire on your truck? 30. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, it's obviously... So, it's I, I, never really, got, I never really thought about that before. 60,000 PSI You're not putting it underneath your truck. Yeah. You're putting it foot and a half away from your kid's head. Yeah. You know, so it's it's crazy stuff. So obviously the development or action is really important there so that we can tell the integrity of it. So every rifle that we produce has a proof load through it. And, and depending on that load... Who, who makes those proof loads? Either it depends, like the ammo companies actually do. Okay. So different a- ammo companies do. Uh, we make some, but then we'll get them. You know, you can buy them through. I mean, you name an ammo company. You know, they're going to probably have a proof load department. So like Joe Blow can buy a proof that. load. Oh, I don't know about that. I I'm don't think sure, so. I don't think they supply. I that. don't know because what it is is you're giving it. So if it's, let's say normally you're sixty two thousand five hundred max psi getting technical here. I know sure. I do that on your podcast from time to time, but the SAMI spec, kind of the governing regu- governing agency, if you would, of those safety type of things for firearms. Let's say it's 62,500. That proof load could be 85, 90,000 PSI. So if a guy goes and hand loads, not that we've ever had any customers put the wrong powder, say, in a cartridge you know, before, no, ever. No wildcatters ever. No, no. We have a customer service department for a reason, but uh, for a lot of reasons. But so we actually put that so it's hot in there. So if for some reason all the things went wrong, uh, customer hand loaded, put different powder, all those things that we know that the structural integrity of that action is going to hold up with a proof load in there. Yeah. Um, so every rifle has a proof load that goes through it. Uh, and then is that done inside some kind of chamber? Uh, yeah, we have like a it's a proof load uh, a fixture a trap. So it's not like you're scoping that up and going down to the range because you're not doing anything for accuracy when you're doing. Yeah, you just want to make sure load. everything holds up. Just want to make sure it functions. So we actually have a fixture that we put it in, um, and it goes into that fixture, and it's in a room about the size of this podcast room. And uh, there's and a there's a blast shield that comes over it, so and, you, and it's triggered remotely. That's what I was getting at. So yeah, if, if you do yeah. have some kind of thing, be right. We do value forbid. the lives and health of our employees. <laughs> yeah. uh, so so it goes you in. You there make your kids come down and do all the yeah. proofing. <laughs> so it goes into this trap, you know, kind of in the room. So it's just a, a, a safety type of thing that happens yeah. with it. Um, and then the accuracy happens on a frequent basis, uh, but not everyone, you know, is shot. Now it depends. We have a range certified type of thing, or you know, custom guns are a different story. But yeah. And then so the reason I was. That's great to know. I didn't know all that. But the reason I was asking is... <laughs> Too much info? Do you No, not at all. But do you then go clean it so someone doesn't buy it and it looks like it's been shot? 
Or do yeah. people look and they want to look like I've been shot? Well, there's an actual process. And then, you know, plus there's a break-in procedure that we recommend for our rifles as well. So, you know, that somebody's going to do, um, you know, upon getting their rifle. So they're going to, you know, get it and do a bunch of break-in. So usually you want it to dirty up just a bit. Yeah. Uh, so. How real is the break-in process in your mind? Huh. So we I just, feel we, like it's like yeah. a thing that a lot of people just ignore. Yeah, so we actually just did a, our Weatherby podcast. We did a full episode on break-in um, because it's one of the most asked questions we get. So Meaning um, they, they phrase it like, do I really yeah. have to? Basically. Do I got to go out and buy the ammo and go take the time to do yeah, it? Yeah, 40 rounds of Weatherby ammunition down the pipe. Does it help? Does it not? I still can't get it to shoot. So we actually, um, we actually just updated our break-in process. Uh, about a month ago. Our engineers have actually been doing a lot of lot of testing on that recently to really see and and to be honest it does help. And and, and it's, you, it's so depends on in? your fouling, yeah. Your barrel. Copper fouling and cleaning right. it. So and, you have the you know the rifling process of that barrel accuracy is so dependent upon barrel quality and consistency. And so you have a chunk of steel that you've really put a lot of stress into. So you've drilled it, you've reamed it, you've rifled it, honed it, you know, done all these different things, lapped it to the inside of that barrel. And so a lot of it, it, you know, as that bullet catches the rifling inside of there and those lands and grooves, and as it travels through there, um, really what you're doing is is breaking in the inside of that bore um, in essence so that as it goes through, there's consistency um, as it does. And obviously it's not like we send it out with burrs. I mean, all those things are checked. Yeah. But really when you're firing, you're you're truly – uh, breaking that in, I guess you know, like you're you're in some minor way changing the inside of it. You are until it yeah. gets like to a state, of, so yeah. it gets to some static. Yeah, that, point. that bullet's going through that thing so fast that it's that it is changing it a little bit at a time. And so when you send three bullets down it, you know our breaking procedures: three shots, clean it; three shots, clean it. Which asked um, me if I ever do that. Yeah, so that's a, it's that? a loaded question. Anyways, <laughs> it's, it's a loaded question. We have a good gunsmith team at Weatherby. You've got you've got a lot of people that won't adhere to it and probably are just fine. And then you've got a lot of people that buy a Weatherby rifle that's a quality item and they follow the procedure. They will, yeah. And that's good. It's good either way. But as we've seen testing in the recent months. Uh, and as we look at it on data from the engineers, I, I personally like, do think it matters. We got graphs, and I mean, so we've done all that, and it does matter. Around, now, I, I yeah. have picked vanguards out of a box mm-hmm. in a 300 Weatherby and just gone down to the range and shot sub-half-minute, you know, of angle groups. I mean, just just right out of the box. There's, there's so much of a variance, too, even from barrel to barrel. Bullet to out bullet. of the same factory, bullet to bullet. And that's what's crazy, and it's hard, and it, it, it blows engineers' minds a little bit because they don't like it. They like to say, here's a formula, and this works. Yeah. And there are certain things, obviously, that make an accurate rifle, like inherently accurate, but it's amazing the variation that you will get in anybody's rifles from gun to gun. Bullet to bullet. Bullet, you know, what loads it might like. You might have a, you know, a, a 65300 Weatherby, I have a 65300 Weatherby, same model, and yours likes a different bullet than mine. Yeah. It's crazy. It's every time. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, like, and it's probably because that, that barrel is, whatever, 24, 26, 28 inches long, and there's just differences in there. And we sure. need to come back to this when we talk about the next thing. Because there's a good tie-in to the, to the next thing and break-in and what happens to a group on a, on a personal collaboration type thing that we're going to oh. talk about. Yeah. Cal, Cal went out today. And, uh, and shot a group, and the, the first two uh, was uh, was actually, we thought the second shot missed the paper, but it was through his first hole. Same hole. Yeah. yeah. Like Robin Hood. Dude, he broke it in today. <laughs> and actually, <laughs> shots four exactly. and five, he shot five. One and two were in the same hole, and four and five were in the same hole. 
Really? How yeah. far apart were one and two and four and five? And what happened to three? Uh, well, three was <laughs> solid question. Three, question. Was three was in between. They were less than an inch and a half apart. Oh. No, three was only from one and two. Three was, I would say, 0. 0.6, 0. 0.7 away from one and two. Four and five got a little bit high. Yeah. Maybe inch high or something still, like that. So it was still flinch. a tight group. But real quick, the breaking period before we leave leave yeah. that. It, basically 40 rounds at, at three no. shots at a time. and No, not 40. So it, it, you said forty, I think. Someone was I, I said. Our, 40. I said our old one used to be uh, forty shots. So tell us a new one. Give our, us the, the summary. Right? The summary, is that what you want? The summary yeah. is a new one. Is there's a lot of information on weatherby.com, but um, <laughs> uh, you can. We suggest now one box of ammo, and we did this strategically 20. because it's difficult. We don't want people to have to buy more ammo than they need. Yeah. To use um, because ammo in in today's time, even if you're shooting a six five Creedmoor, is fairly expensive, even compared to any Magnum load you're looking at. Uh, ammo prices have just gone up in general, but um, we suggest a one box break in. We wanted to make it less than forty rounds, and with all the testing we've recently done, we felt confident in being able to change that break in period to a one box. Um, and so we suggest doing it with two different loads. Because, as Adam said, it might like a 130 or it might like a 140. And if you're going to shoot it anyways, grain bullet. Yeah. If you're going to shoot it anyways and pick the best bullet, you might as well figure out which one it is during break-in. It also just helps with the fouling of the barrel. So we suggest a one-box break-in. It's generally, I believe, three shots clean, three shots clean, resting in the middle because of the heat of the barrel. You want it to cool mm -hmm. off. Um, and in the middle of that, you'll know a lot about your rifle by the end of the break-in. But you got to clean that rifle or that barrel six or seven times yeah. during mm -hmm. that session. Mm -hmm. That's what and when do. you say clean it, you're talking like. So this is the other side of your yep. conversation is that that's also very much so up to the shooter. Uh, oh. Some people might use hoppies or hops, whichever way you want to say it. Or <laughs> Two you, brands. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, it's just number three. So um, No, I, is, is there any argument to be made for the, that it, not, that it not being hoppies? I I just heard, I hear it different all the time. There's there's a number of bore cleaners that work. I think the key is that you get it wet, you clean it, and then you patch it till it's dry. And clean. I'll tell you what, I got a yeah. bottle of man. It's like it feels like uh, like you could get real high off it. <laughs> what? It's sweet seven point six two. Yeah, you got to be careful with that stuff. That stuff's heavy duty. Well, I didn't. It's it's yeah. like. But it's a it's for getting copper out, I gather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. copper. Fouling. And you can get yeah. copper. Yeah, I that's bought. A a, I bought that's a, another subject. Another subject. I yeah. bought a full on uh, head deal. You know, what I'm trying to say oh, um, a respirator. Like respirator to use it just for cleaning in general. I got to be. <laughs> okay. I got for gun cleaning. Suspicious. I got to be like I don't yeah. know, man. You're just in there, and it's yeah. You know. Yeah. Really. Steven Ranella, that ain't going to be what kills you. Is it his garage with a respirator on? Listen. He and Brody just got done with the best book ever, oh, and he just be, doesn't want to lose any of that good stuff. Uh, yes. Steven Ranella, that ain't going to be what kills you, Ranella. Uh, but it'll give you a bad headache. That's what I found. I found that I felt that um, it was subtle, but I felt that my when I'm – Certain solvents, I felt I would, I was getting a little, like a little buzz. Now, once upon a time, I would have been like, oh, I'm going to go out and smell my solvents. But not, <laughs> at, at, this, at this point in my life, I don't need any. I mean, maybe I'll have a chilada, but I definitely don't need like a chemical buzz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. 
Yeah, there's a lot of hearsay on the break buzz. Right. We, well, in our that. data, in our data around round twelve, mm-hmm. it was consistently when you would start to see um, yep. improved groups flattening out. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Cool. Yeah. And when you guys are cleaning them, are you cleaning them, cleaning them? Bristles yeah. and wire brushes? Each, each and... person. Each, each person. Yeah, but, but it, yeah. if it's a protocol, if, if you're suggesting something, we do. Yeah. We don't, have be, it, don't we be have, fuzzy. They we have, have a have protocol. Cool you are not talking to gunsmiths nor engineers yeah. here. <laughs> They're down in the basement, and they have a very tight protocol. Yeah. We don't know that protocol. Yeah. I'll tell you that protocol. <laughs> Kevin Scott. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> saying that thumb grew right back. Texting just fine over here. Does your phone recognize the grown back thumb? No, because it's, it was uh, before, it's not real. It was before the. What do you the, mean this? The well, I tell you, I froze my thumb this winter, and and uh, my phone wouldn't recognize my frozen oh. thumb. Oh no! Oh, Sometimes wow. this phone, uh, depending on yeah, depending on certain times, I've once multiple times tried to touch a button and been like, I don't know what's like happening. Like your regenerated yeah. thumb yeah, isn't sending out the right. He uses the regenerated thumb. Siri calls him by a different name. <laughs> Dave. Yeah, Dave. Dave. Yeah, yeah. No, not What's me. the voice? Dave. No, I'm in the woman. <laughs> Applying for tags each year in the West can be daunting. Yeah, I apply for everything everywhere. It's daunting. You have to go to a variety of sources to formulate your best guess as to where to apply. Well, this is a thing of the past now. Onyx just launched hunt research tools to simplify the process for all hunters. This tool helps organize the data that matters, makes comparing hunt options easy, and helps hunters develop a plan based on real metrics rather than gut feelings. OnX Hunt also offers all elite members a free digital membership to Hunt and Fool, who I use, for boots on the ground insight and knowledge and a membership to Hunt Reminder so you never miss another deadline. Stop stressing over application season and apply with confidence in 2024. Check out OnX Hunt Research Tools, free for all OnX Hunt Elite members. Not an elite member? Well, let's fix that. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com slash hunt. This is an app I use literally every day. I use it for every aspect of hunting, scouting, trapping, you name it. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself. And you can find what you need in store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Pay attention here because this is a hell of a good service. It's called the Wellness Company. Picture this, okay? You wake up, you got a scratchy throat, you're all congested, you got a runny nose, you got a cough, whatever. 
And you weigh your options, like you tough it out, get sick, take time off work, try to get a doctor's appointment sometime in the next few months, wait two hours at urgent care and sit in a room full of sick, sick folks, or you open your medical emergency kit. You match your symptoms to the doctor-recommended prescription, and you start on the right meds right away. These medical emergency kits, not a first aid kit, all right? It comes with doctor-prescribed meds to treat over 39 medical issues. So, on hand, strong antibiotics for infections of all types. Plus, a doctor's easy guide so you know exactly what to take and when. No waiting to see the doctor. No waiting at the pharmacy. It's all in there. Every home should have at least one medical emergency kit. Order yours online in minutes. Your kit will be rushed to your door. Get 15% off at twc.health slash meat eater, but you got to use the promo code meat eater. That's promo code meat eater, okay, at twc.health slash meat eater. Are we waiting for you to do no, something? You no, you're not waiting. I was looking up the. I was looking up the. FAQ. No, go go to weatherby.com and check out the barrel breaking procedure. Yeah, now we're also going to tell about do. something. So, remember all the piggy banks <laughs> everybody's got laying around. So you got your piggy bank to buy the book. Yeah, tell the name of the book, Brody. The Meat Eater's Guide to Wilderness Skills and Survival. No, you got it wrong. The Meat Eater. Guide. We 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 batted around. Because yeah, we it was the Meat Eater I'm fishing. Yeah, no, but listen, it was the Meat Eater Fishing Game Cookbook. Yeah. So. We thought it w- there was a minute where we were almost going to change tack and call it Meat Eaters. No, the. Like Meat Eaters. Yep. Guide to Wilderness Skills and Survival. But then in the end, went with the Meat Eater. Okay. Guide to Wilderness gotcha. Skills and Survival. I'm not privy for, to for these the high former, level decisions. Would it have been apostrophe S or S apostrophe? Good question. Apostrophe Dude, S. A, you, a, didn't apostrophe S. you didn't get no, that. You didn't get that. Apostrophe S. And my my beloved agent, uh, Mark, thought that um, for like when people are searching stuff, he said you don't you, you don't change stuff like that, man. Like searchability on books, you know, like when people you want everything to be consistent. So that's what it is. It's a sweet cover. All right. It's got so, a morel on the cover, so, don't so you it, buddy? Not fat. just a morel. Anyway, that's only a small portion of your piggy bank. <laughs> well, that's, that's one. We that's one so quart jar that's full the of bank. dollar bills and quarters. Yeah. yeah, that's a bank. Then you got bank for buying up all Cal's ranch land and, and ponds and whatnot <laughs> that's that, he's, that he's buying. That's through Rotella's <laughs> 2020 campaign merchandise where your proceeds go to providing more or better hunting and fishing for America. Yeah, not Cal's private land bank, but it is the... Um, then, which it's is, just deeded to him. <laughs> they're all just randomly I never, deeded. I, later I'll be like, I never read the contract. I don't know. I don't know. It's like Cal just buying all this stuff for himself. And what you're going to need to go hunt Cal's land, if he lets you on, is... Our new rifle. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Now, I could call it the Meat Eater Weatherby... You could call it the Weatherby Meat Eater. I'll leave that up to you. What do we call today when we're filming, Cal? It is the Weatherby Vanguard Meat Eater Special Edition. How That's about it. the Meat Eater Special Edition 
Whether you're trying Vanguard. to put your brand first <laughs> and not mine, Steve. In giant letters and little letters, will say like Weatherby Vanguard. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Meat Eater started making guns. <laughs> They're on top of the world. So the Weatherby Vanguard Meat Eater Special Edition Rifle, which we, I think, we recorded a podcast probably March of last year. We started to have a dialogue about it, I think, mm-hmm. a little bit. Because I'd be like, you know what you ought to do? Yeah, you've done that a few times now, Steve. <laughs> if I was you, if I but was you, I here would... we did a little over a year later, and uh, I remember we just sat around and kind of said, "Hey, what about if we, since we're partners now, and you know, uh, you know, doing these things together, let's try to do something that's unique, different, and something that has a lot of features that are important to you guys." Yep. And it's coming out later this month. Yeah. June twenty June twenty sixth. June twenty sixth. And speaking of can we talk about the I was talking can we talk about the place I was talking about earlier? You yeah, can yeah. I Absolutely. mean if we're, we're, we're doing the yeah, let's do it. We're, we're just being all in. This let's is actually exclusive. First time anybody's ever heard about it. Yes, yes. This right podcast now. will be the, yeah. the they, first You can go find it at Sportsman's Warehouse. It will be exclusively at Sportsman's Warehouse and Weatherby.com. You can buy it directly from Weatherby.com. Mm-hmm. If you drove here here's my here's my 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 promise. Yes. Um, I've learned a lot of terms. One of the terms I, I hate is the uh, the term value proposition. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm not going to use that. But that's what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you want to use. Uh-huh. Why should you buy this thing? Yeah, like, here's my like a value proposition. If you were to uh, make a line, a line representing like, like um, quality and a line representing... Um, being like what's the word i'm looking for economically responsible what's a better term for that this is where those lines like listening to your wife yeah about buying again yeah <laughs> no like no thing is gonna do this better than that hmm. i agree with that's that. what i think we yeah. tried to do in this rifle i mean it it is, is clearly MSRP, articulated as that was msrp is 9.99 <laughs> another way right? of saying is you get a little bang for your buck yeah that's that's yeah yeah for, in terms of bang for your buck, for like a a thousand dollar, you know it's not thousand dollars, a thousand dollar rifle that's like custom rifle yeah. features, just cool looking, good shooting, available in multiple cartridges. It's just so you're not gonna like you are. Am I allowed to say this kind of stuff? You are not gonna do better. That's kind of stuff. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. I think it is that it is that value, and in that sweet spot, less than a thousand. I mean, it'll be on the Sportsman's Warehouse shelf. You know, you can go pick it up. And one of the things I think that's really cool about it is it looks real different. And, and I think Steve, that's one thing you guys shared with us initially is like, what's something we could do that when you look at that, you go, that's the Weatherby meat eater gun, well, whatever that uh, one place. Yeah, that <laughs> meat, meat something or other. Uh, no, but you know, that's that meat eater rifle that's there and that's different and so we uh this is our first production rifle that we've ever done with a spiral fluted barrel we've been fluting barrels probably since the 90s uh it actually having it which you know aids in heat dissipation primarily uh adds a little bit to the rigidity of the barrel uh but but really it helps it to cool more because it gives it more surface area but really we say all that and that's cool but people buy fluted barrels because they look cool and they look different oh they look they're and that's the number one reason i like them and then this one has spiral flutes, 
which kind of make it even stand out more. And that was something when you guys like, what can we do? We haven't done. You can tell you're walking down Sportsman's Warehouse Island. You're like, wow, that, you that be- gun looks You belly different. up to that glass case full of pistols and knives, and you look beyond there. And you're like, <laughs> right. now, what is that thing? You'll be able to tell from? from a long ways away. We got a meat eater logoed floor plate on it on the bottom. So when it's sitting in the gun rack, you'll be able to see the cool meat eater logo from behind the pistol counter as well. And those I think will be in the paint job because we did the Cerakote with it, tried yep. to match Cerakote to the metal work with our well, paint Well, yeah, but don't go, don't go light on the Cerakote because that's like a, because there's nothing more depressing, and I've had this happen to me, you buy a new rifle and just watching the thing rust, man. Like, even if you go out, you know, and you One just, trip to the old fish shack. Yeah, go to the fish shack and just watch your stuff rust. It's depressing. It's hard. And people, it's like at the end of the day when you're back at camp or in your tent or in your truck, like are you thinking I really got to wipe down every piece of that gun that got wet today? Like you're not. And so it is good to have the corrosion resistance of the Cerakote on there. Yeah, so the yeah. whole action. It's got a tungsten Cerakote finish on all metal work. Right. That's so, the color of it. It's gray. It's called it's tungsten. Cool, it's got a really little metallic cool gray. gray to it. It's dull, which in a lot of circles you think, well, dull's not good. But Chuck Hawks said that, you know, the high polish, what do you call high polish blue steel? Chrome. Yeah. Or, uh-huh. yeah. Chromoly. Blue, blue, blue barrel. He's like, yeah. you don't know high how many blue. animals' lives have been saved by those pretty shiny <laughs> rifle, <laughs> sure. rifle barrels, right? So it's nice to have a nice, dull, low-key. There's no shine going to be coming off that spiral fluting. Then we matched what was the, it. What was the Chuck Hawks? Uh, what was the Chuck Hawks quote we put into one of the in one of the guidebooks? Ah, it was about twenty two. No, we Wasn't had two because he had one quote about his um his uh, his dislike of gun writers. Oh yeah, even though he is a gun writer. Yeah, but I think you chose to put in Chuck's Hawk, yeah. Chuck Hawks quote about gun writers. But, yeah, I, I that's in there. But also his twenty two. His thing about like how much he likes twenty twos is in there. Yeah. Anyhow. Um, and then custom paint job on the stock to match that tungsten Cerico. We got a really talented paint team in Sheridan, Wyoming, and every stock's so hand painted. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's got yeah. a three oh, way. Really? It's got a three yeah. way safety. Oh, yeah. Explain like explain to you like the three positions. I mean, we were hunting, I love it. We were hunting Wyoming last year, and you, I remember talking about that. No, I think. Why it's, do you I, like it? Well, I like it because it allows you to open. You know, it allows you to open your bolt. Without needing to put the gun on fire. It seems safe. Which for I, I feel for people who just are getting familiar with firearms, it's a nice feature. It is. Well, mm-hmm. And then to piggyback on that, I think it's very nice for the mentor who is next to the person who's getting used to firearms. Yeah. To have that visual. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just another thing. Like when mm-hmm. you're next to somebody, you're spotting, there's that animal on the hillside, first animal, whatever. Um, it's a very easy visual check to see exactly what's going on and sometimes what the problem is. Yeah, yep. safety's still on. Straight Things up. got to go all the way forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, that, so. that was, that's my thing with it is I think with, with someone who, you know, a more experienced shooter, I mean, it, it's never going to be a bad thing to have it, but a more experienced shooter, they're just like much more aware, you know, you're more aware of muzzle control, right? But when with people that... um there's no downside to it. But with people who don't have that that level of familiarity, I think it's just like another thing. And it reduces the confusion of when you go to open your bolt and then you're confused, like, do I put it on fire to open the bolt? Mm-hmm. Is that right? And, you know, it just it lets you do that. Right. So so our three-position safety all the way back or away from the muzzle is on safe, which you cannot operate the trigger and you cannot lift the bolt. In the middle position, you can open the bolt but the trigger is defeated. And then 
the third position are all the way forward towards the muzzle. Guns blazing. Ready to fire. Yeah. Straight up. Yep. In the air is the middle. I like it. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Is it, what, what are the cons? I don't know. Are there cons? The only potential con is if you're all the way back on safe and you only click forward once, trigger doesn't go. But it's also the if, that if as a it's con, a, but it's just the, not using it the right. The benefit to that, <laughs> the benefit to that is to teach people trigger control because you see new shooters, they'll go from safe to the middle position, and then they're getting ready to shoot. They pull it and then they just they wiggle the gun or they jerk so hard. And you catch, you catch, and them. you're like, don't do that. Yeah. You you would no, you wouldn't hit anything with that. So it's a good training tool as yeah. well. Yeah, I like it. But I've been talking a lot. I have a ten year old and he likes to. You know, he's getting real excited about shooting and very infatuated with all kinds of, you know, any kind of firearm ballistics conversation. Anyways, he's got a break open. Mm-hmm. 410 is a good training thing. Mm-hmm. And the thing that, like to Cal's point, but when you look at what you see, I like it because I can just look and I know what's going on. Right? I know. I'm like, open that thing up. And I just, it just takes, it takes my stress away. Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Not that it's a parallel, but I mean, you know, it's just like when you're with people, I think it's, it's something to think about. And yeah. later when they get super familiar and then, then, then uh, it's not as big of an issue. Mm-hmm. But at first it's like, uh, there's a little bit of a redundancy in safety features. Yeah. Another thing to bring up is the threaded barrel. Oh, is, oh yeah. Another, yeah. another major. The way uh, I like to pitch this is we've done a lot of the customization for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's very strong uh, op that very strong things on on this uh, Weatherby Vanguard Meat Eater Super Edition. I'll call it the Super. <laughs> oh, we added, added the Super. <laughs> uh, that uh, you know we've taken the liberty of of making um, what would be customization options for you uh, in what is the standard package, but you can further customize uh, because it's got a threaded barrel with mm-hmm. a cap on it. Uh, that's how you'll get it when you buy it. But you can also put a muzzle brake on there if you unthread that cap. Or uh, if you had it set up, you could put uh, a can on there, a suppressor on there. Um, yeah, let me tell you what. I just had my double deuce, my twenty two threaded oh. for a suppressor. Guess what the gunsmith charged me to thread that twenty two for a suppressor? $150. No, man. It was like... It was, I want to say it was 300 bucks. No. Whoa. Way. Yeah, I believe it. Wow. Yeah. You're like, that's an entire new 22. Well, I just said, like, I'd like <laughs> to have this done. I didn't get into it. I didn't, like, yeah. haggle oh, yeah, about it. Said, I didn't, yeah, like, haggle about it. it ahead of time. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. that's what, like, back to that customization and having that on there. And we got that thread cap that's flush, too. So we tried to do it where you can't hardly see where that line is, you know, on oh, it. Oh, no, so it's clean. It looks clean. And then we're actually going to, we actually are making, Muzzle brakes uh, for the meat eater, for the Weatherby Vanguard meat eater special edition super rifle. Uh, we are making uh, muzzle brakes for it. There'll be one for the 24-inch barrels, one for 26, mm-hmm. in the tungsten color, in a little package. They'll be at Sportsman's or or on Weatherby.com, so you can get... Just go get one. You can yeah. get that. I think, what is the retail on that, Luke? Uh 60 or 70. 60 or 70 bucks for a break. A lot of times you're paying well in excess 100. Tried to keep that down, too, so if... You know, we do have it in six cartridges. Some of those you probably won't need a break for. Some of them you might want one for, depending. And the thread, pa- this is the thing I don't understand about the suppressors is. um Oh, yeah. How, it's like <laughs> universal thread patterns. No. Um, no. <laughs> yeah. Because the one of the ones I have, uh-huh. uh, 
The, you got to get a you got to get a, when you buy your suppressor, you got to get a reducer. Yeah, yeah so, or so. or an expander. Can one of you guys explain it simply? Yeah, yeah. Our, this meat eater rifle is threaded half twenty eight, which is very common. Uh, the other common rifle is a five eight twenty four, which on the number three contour barrels is more popular. Larger get, barrel, it's larger. Yeah. But if you take a number three all the way down to a half twenty eight, you're removing so much barrel it's unnecessary. So that's probably where you had a yeah run nine sixteen nine sixteenth. Well, this thing, my my thing, my suppressor well. came with a mountain of reducers. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and then I was just confused by that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. actually, we just recently standardized to a half twenty eight um, on this. Like, kind of, this is more of a. Hunting, it's a number two contour, so it's it's not a big old barrel because we wanted the weight of the rifle to be, you know, you can go down and because Cal, you were just shooting, you just shot a couple hundred rounds or something, yeah, didn't you out of one and yeah. at a competition or something or yeah, 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 and I there. yeah, I was gonna say, oh yeah, you went to a shooting tournament, yeah, the S three <laughs> sniper challenge. Did you win? Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, you know, you know, learn a lot when you go out there. I. The shooting competitions I've done, I'm like, I'm just trying to very consciously uh, n- keep things in a hunting perspective. Because mm. that's my goal is is to come away with good practical hunting practice. Um, and, you know, you, you're when you're shooting around uh, these people where this is really, some of them it's their job to shoot. And some of them that is, that is their sport is shooting competitions yeah um you're seeing stuff that is is not anything that you would see on a mountain anywhere what was the average weight rifles. of those guns yeah, <laughs> yeah i mean they're 20 pound rifles out there probably huh? yeah 15. i mean there's there's a lot yeah. of yeah. Ones. yeah yeah um and, and you know and they're built specifically to shoot targets what's so. nice about those things though uh those super heavy rigged up guns is when you touch them off the thing doesn't even move no yes and you're that's just like watching like looking through the scope like watching tv man like you shoot like nothing happens. One it just, you just mm-hmm. everything just stays like perfectly fine through that scope. One of the guys that we were uh, shooting in a group with, he's like, "Man, you have got to get a uh, 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 go on, not a, a suppressor. The the other thing, muzzle, muzzle brake, muzzle brake, muzzle brake." And I was like, "Man, it's a six and a half Creedmoor. I don't, I don't need a <laughs> muzzle brake." He said, "Nope." He's like, "The muzzle brake." Is so you can stay on oh, target. Yeah. It's a big deal for them. And yeah. watch your impacts through your scope. Yeah, so you don't got to shoot at some antelope off in the distance and be like, did I get it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, which I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I guess that makes some sense. But, um, you know, the, the whole reason I, I have never shot with one is because I, I don't like dirt and stuff getting in there in the field on yeah. like long hunts and stuff. But. Uh, we've shied away from filming because you can kind of ring the bell of whoever, oh, if yeah. someone's, you know, lying out next to you. And so I've even had guys get um, semi-hostile at shooting at the range. Oh, yeah. People don't want to be next to the guy with the muzzle brake. Yep. Yeah. And then I don't know if it's really, yeah, I guess it's, it matters. Like for, for filming where you kind of have, People who might be off to your side and stuff it just seem like uh, yeah yeah it but definitely it is, hurts yeah. the person next to you more than it hurts oh, the yeah. shooter. Yeah. What yeah. it also does though is it helps if somebody does have a problem with flinching, especially if you have a larger you know caliber or whatever. By having it, if you're wearing hearing protection, it 
sometimes you can get rid of a flinch more. If you, I think if you give a little too much recoil, a larger cartridge to either a newer shooter or maybe a child or something like that, they can develop a flinch because you're like, just suck it up and shoot it. And they can develop some pretty bad flinches. So I think yeah. the muzzle brake sometimes is helpful to give somebody something that's a little tamer. Yeah. But the hearing thing is a definitely. So definitely one thing, thing on the, uh, the break-in process. So the uh, Weatherby Vanguard Meat Eater uh, Super Special Edition. Um, was brand new. We went out to start getting prepared for the the sniper challenge, and uh, was Seth. Well, uh, Seth Seth shot for me so I could go to Maine and check out that property on oh, Sunday. Yeah, so hmm. he actually shot a hundred and some rounds. I shot a hundred and some round at, at the challenge. At, Who itself. shot better? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably, I bet, I'd be willing to bet we were pretty even. Um, but he, I think Seth said he rang a target at 1168. No, did he? Yeah. Good for Seth. Yeah. But, uh, so during the break-in process, uh, I actually broke it in with the, um, trophy copper, federal trophy copper. Um, uh, was like, oh, that's a, you know, a minute group. I was like, that's, you know, good group. And then uh, proceeded to shoot a bunch of steel and was very impressed. And this was like taking a lot of time to shoot steel, um, making sure everything was right. But where were you doing all this? Uh, out at the, you'll see it tomorrow, I think. But out at uh, a friend's range that he let us use, and there's steel everywhere. I was hearing about so, people going and doing stuff that I didn't get invited to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all so, the time, all the time, man. People, are like, oh yeah, we were all drinking. So, <laughs> like, oh, is that right? I know, I, I, was like, I know, I wouldn't go, but at least I'll be ass. But very impressed with the rifle, and then, um, you know, finally got our target loads, so we didn't have to shoot up all the trophy mm-hmm. copper. Um, I felt like the target loads weren't flying quite as good out of the gun and I cleaned it in between these. So kind of had like an, almost a new break in process with the, with the target load. Um, and then did, you know, shot 200 plus rounds out of that rifle just at the match. Jeez. Got it clean. The, you know, a little due diligence cleaning on it and then shot it today and went back to trophy copper and that three shot group with the trophy copper was i think a lot of those 20 pound rifles out of that match you'd be very pleased with yeah yeah well you can get one whole half an inch it was tight yeah yeah Yeah, it was about a half inch a little over his group and the funny thing was though the first one he uh a little turret on top kind of forgot he'd been shooting uh Eleven sixty-seven. Eleven hundred yards. That's the thing, man. So he goes down to the target today at hundred yards, and I'm all, dude, you hit dirt like feet above <laughs> that target. I'm in the spotting scope, and he just goes, and he's just spinning that turret like a top, and then it's sure enough, just drills the bullseye. Yeah, hook it to a drill to get it back where it, <laughs> yeah. it, back where it belongs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, pretty, it's a good. It's a yeah. it's a great rifle. I mean, how much do they weigh? Like short action. Uh, the short action six point three eight. Oh, nice. Did you just uh, make that up nope, right now? That's actually okay. not exactly. super light, not that's super it. heavy. Great. And, and then, the Magnum, the Magnum will be 7.38 pounds. And what are the, there's six cartridges? Uh, yeah, 6.5 Creedmoor, 6.5 300 Weatherby, 300 Win, 300, 300 Weatherby, 257 Weatherby, and a seven. 
and a seven millimeter Remington. Seven Rim Mag. Yeah, yeah. and this is something we but worked there's together. There's a two fifty seven as well. Yeah. Yes. Yanni's old thirty oh six didn't make the cut. No, 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 no. But we <laughs> we did talk to just you guys. No. You know, I know that you know you guys were a big part of that. No, I, I, knew, as about, well. I knew about Yanni. I just yeah. wanted to rub it in on Yanni. <laughs> <laughs> and it's Sportsman's Warehouse a little bit. You know, was. Because, you know, they have, you know, they, they 100, know what they like. 105 stores and know their customers and in their areas and, you know, know what they like, too. So I think between the three, you know, we were able to pick up on those six cartridges. So it gives you a variety, variety of yeah. stuff, short action, long. Great. Hey, real quick, back to the uh, break. Uh, is there like an average percentage of reduced recoil when you, throw, when you put a break on? It's about 50%. No. Is no it really? Way. Yeah. It's... It's it's very difficult to measure because it's uh-huh. it's a perception, and it's also cal- That's not a cartridge related. Wouldn't it be that you put it against something that measures force and just do it or not? It, it, Let us talk in, to your engineers. In you theory, got this okay. In theory, yeah. it out. In, get some pillows. Yeah, people do, yeah. but there's variations on how people you know even measure that. So there's a lot well, of I know that there's but like it's um, significant. I mean, there's a significant recoil reduction mm-hmm. with those. Yeah, I know that different things recoil different ways for sure like yeah i had a um what's the queens of the planes rifles yanni i had one oh. a 375 h and h yeah. uh-huh. that recoil is tremendous but spread out over such a long period of time it's <laughs> it's kind of like yeah. it's like yeah. a five minute long like <laughs> <laughs> yes yes within a seven millimeter rem mag it's like pow Smack. Yeah. And <laughs> it's yeah. like the fastest yeah. a lot of that will have to kick do to the jaw, man. Yes. Bullet weight too. A 375 shooting a heavier bullet, so it's more of a push against your shoulder. Whereas yeah, it's like if Andre the Giant Andre the like, Giant like giving you a slow yeah. punch. Uh-huh. It's very similar to Correct. 300 Weatherby, truthfully. At 300 Weatherby, people think, oh God, it's gonna be horrible. It's 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 not it doesn't really bother me. No, it doesn't bother me. I don't like me. the real poppy jaw busting ones that give you a headache. Yes. And those will more than likely be lighter grain bullets shooting fast. Because mm. mm. they're snappy. Yeah. Like what's what's in your opinion, what's the what's the worst recoiling round? Oh, I don't thirty know. out six. The worst one. <laughs> oh no! Well, actually, it's, it's, it's I've had a thirty out yeah. six in a small gun, in yep. a lightweight gun. It'll just Brutal. jump out of your hands and do flips. Brutal. Lightweight gun. You gotta catch but, it. But I've also there's the three seventy eight Weatherby mag, like our big old cartridges, like African Safari stuff, and that's the smack and the wallop yeah. and the Andre the Giant, like all mixed into it one. Gives you the whole. Hey, I, it gives heard, you the whole experience. I mean, I've shot a four. I've shot a four sixty Weatherby mag with a five hundred grain bullet without a break. Once. And it gives you the <laughs> whoa. You just gotta do it. Actually you guys should just do you guys it. should just do it. You just it's fun. Next time you guys are down, <laughs> yeah, like definitely. You, well, you gotta what? shoot it once, just it is so list. much force. You know what I shot one time? I can't remember uh it was one of those it was like it was like sharps, like a replica sharps. Uh-huh. The hell like they're not forty five seventies. What are they? Like a four sixteen rigby or a, you, I don't know. Either way, I was yeah, in California okay. we're shooting this thing. Okay. Uh-huh. And it had one of those those quickly down yeah. under sights <laughs> should have been a 4570. Yeah. Was it for yeah? Be the, oh, a sharp. I'm not kidding you. Yeah. yeah, he said yeah. that he was like, Oh, yeah, you can see the bullet. I'm like, You can't see the bullet. You, can't. you can see the mm-hmm. bullet. It was a 4570, 100%. Yeah, definitely. If you're we shooting out, he had the target out like a couple hundred yards out, and I was like, There's no way. What you were talking about, but you look, you like, you catch a glimpse. It yep. seemed like it was yeah. like halfway there, and you catch a glimpse of the slug going through the air. It's almost we, archery. We yeah. try to pride, we try to pride like, ourselves. You can't see our bullets. Definitely cannot see bullets. That should be a new slogan, man. Your billboard out there in Sheridan, Wyoming. Can't see our bullets. <laughs> 307. Can't see them. 
We're excited about the project though with you guys. It's been it's been a fun collaboration. I hope you know your listeners, watchers, whatever you call the people that are out there and the meat eater world is knuckleheads. Yeah, yeah all the knuckleheads <laughs> listening. I think it's a. Uh, Most. I think it, to be honest, I think it's there's going to be some experienced shooters and hunters that are like, wow, this is a rifle that I really want to own. But I think it's also something you could step into as more of a new or novice hunter into. So I think it really. I don't know. I think hopefully, you know, kind of captures the vast part of the audience in that sense. Oh, yeah. We get so many emails, people like lots of emails. I mean, it's like a daily thing is people kind of trying to dig through the all the rigmarole and language, right? They're like, I want to get a rifle. I've yeah. always shot hand-me-downs. I want to buy. What should I get? Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't make sense. I get overwhelmed. And now I'd be like, that. Yeah. There. Yeah. All ready for you. Yep. Yeah, and like Adam said, uh, Sportsman's Warehouse has it, but also weatherby.com. Uh-huh. And just to review that process real quick is that if you were to go to weatherby.com and select a rifle in the cartridge that you want, you would then select an FFL that we would ship that rifle to. A lot of people don't realize we don't ship a rifle directly to your door. Can't. <laughs> we cannot do that. So mm-hmm. you have to select an FFL in your yeah, I don't actually care where it is, uh, but preferably in your city, uh, you would select that off of our website. We would then ship that rifle to that FFL in which then you would go in and complete the appropriate checks. Costs you like 30 bucks, right, to do it? That depends way. on the NFL. California's yeah. more. You'll still have to do a 10-day wait period, but yeah. it could be, could be 100 bucks. And then California. Sportsman's going to be stocking them heavy, so it's a great opportunity to yeah. get in there. You know, shoulder them, ask the guys behind the counter. We're going to be working on training with them. And so I think, you know, they're going to have some associates that are going to be excited about that again. I think it's going to, you know, pop off that shelf, you know, too. So yeah, let me, let me hit, I want to hit, uh, hit a point that Kevin was making, just so people understand. Because I don't like the lingo of the FFL. Yeah, yeah it's like federal. Yeah. No, no you, you did a great yeah. job. But I feel like some people won't know what we're talking about. Just think of the federal firearm licensee. Yep. So what happens is um, there's, there's a questionnaire in when you go to do a firearm transfer, you go down and fill out a very simple questionnaire and it covers like, um, if you have, uh, felony, felony, drug res- use, like any kind of restraining orders, dishonorable discharge. Are you recreation, some, recreational drugs? There's some kind of, there's some kind of question around, I don't know how it's phrased, but something the, around the trick c- question. citizenship. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever renounced your U S citizenship yep. or something like that? Yeah. And then you can't just go down the whole thing going, no, 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 no. Yeah. Cause they'll get you in the end. Yeah. The last <laughs> question is different. Read them yeah. all. I you always got to remember, don't just be like, yeah. no, 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 no. Of course not. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then that's all. That's what it yeah. is. So like when people say like, go into my FFL or doing the FFL, that's what it is. You go down and you give me a driver's license. You fill out this thing. They check, make sure you're cool. And in most cases, most places you you walk out. Most places, some some states do gun. have a wait period, uh, but most do not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and it will take a, a little bit of time for them to run the check. Yeah. So sometimes it will take a couple minutes. They'll say walk around the store and. But like literally a couple minutes. Yeah. I don't think I've ever. Yeah. It's yeah. a the old phone in days are long gone, and it's a Nick's National Instant Criminal Check System, something like that. And it's pretty fast. If you got a real generic last name, Smith or Jones, it could take longer. But if, for most people, it's pretty fast. But I fast. did hear during the height of the COVID <clears throat> buying that uh-huh. they were up to a couple down. hours. They did. Yeah. It, oh, it, they got it overloaded. Yeah, for sure. It happens. No kidding. Yeah. Especially if the store is really busy and you got a bunch of people at the gun counter, it might it might take some time. Yeah. But while you're down there, too, at the store, I mean, usually you need accessories, yeah. whether that be ammo, scopes, mounts, all that kind of stuff, too. Mm-hmm. So it gets you, you know, gets you in there to see what else you're going to need to go along with it. So there's one thing I want to comment on the rifle, if I can. Please. And then we'll, I think, 
and, and it depends on, you know, listeners and where they're at and their kind of technical knowledge of firearms and things. But like I said earlier, probably accuracy is dependent upon a number of different things and the barrel, I believe, being key to that. And one of the things that Vanguard has, and I think for that value, is it's there. you hear different ways of barrels are made. And that's probably another thing's thrown out. And then everybody's like, what does all that mean? Button rifle and a cup barrel. And the, the Vanguard rifles are hammer forged. And really what it is, it's talking about how the rifling is put in the barrel. Because at first you just drill a hole, right? But you got to actually get that rate of twist that's in there, the actual rifling. And uh, hammer forging in barrels has is, is been kind of for a long time known as one of the one of the premier ways to actually do a barrel uh, in that it's it's actually, you know, literally pressed uh, that it's it's, you know, there's a huge I'm trying to put it in uh, power. It's like in a there. massive power yeah, hammer. It is. Yeah. And it just goes <laughs> and is doing this. And it's actually then uh, taking and putting the rifling in there and do, doing so in a way that minimizes the stress to the barrel. Uh, so that it can maintain its concentricity. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Um, I like you it. know, being concentric and all those things. So, anyways, just the the way that the barrel is done, it's hammer forged. Um, there's different ways to do barrels, but we found that the Vanguard barrels um, are an excellent barrel, lasts a long time, but is very very concentric um, as well. And that's one of the things that provides that accuracy. So you know, how you look the more you get into certain things, you find something out. Oh, yeah. um, and one of the things the Vanguard barrels have been known for for decades is that they have really good hammer forged barrels. So something else to kind of throw in there if anybody geeks out on that stuff. I like it. If Yanni not, likes cares? it. I like it. Well, yeah, Yanni likes that kind of stuff. Yanni you Van's do. Wall. I do. Yeah, well, I know. Yanni Von's Wall. <laughs> um, someday I want to add up all Yanni's nicknames, man. How many do you have, Yanni? Is that a little inside joke? Ben, no, no we just like the nickname. We oh. like it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's got a lot Steve of nicknames. Steve says that from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Well, because I want to start a list. Wayne Vanswell's a good friend of mine. That's why I think it's cool. Yeah, so, yeah. We, yeah. Oh, we know. We know. Yeah. We guys like yeah. We know Wayne Vanswell. He's a great so, guy. Yeah. Uh, we started a bird list for our yard. Um, we're at twenty six. Not bad. Nice. That's pretty yeah. great. Yeah, I feel like you guys, your family, would blow my family away. Yeah, we've started one too, but we've fallen off. So I don't think we've made it past. I feel like you'll you'll eight, blow past me very quickly. Six. I haven't seen any hummingbirds yet. I'm bummed. We got one. I can't. I think it might, I can't tell if it's broad-tailed or calliope, though. It's a little problem. I used to just call them all hummingbirds. Then I found out that that doesn't work. Nope. Lots of kind of hummingbirds running around. Uh, Phil, last thing. Um, you're you're, you're going to close with. So we got the song about Yanni. We already played. The, the, I was disappointed here. There's no accompaniment. Can I? No can instrumental. I throw a concluder in first? Oh yeah, of course. Is well, it about the book? You, you, no, it's about your piggy <laughs> bank. You need one more thing. Ooh. Because after uh, you get your super badass Weatherby meat eater rifle, you're going to need something to cut up the meat with your uh, yeah. that you that you get our yeah, yeah. get to get the meat crafter knife to cut up your new yeah. stuff that or, knife or whittle cool. your whittle your barrel down. Yeah. <laughs> that, that level think... of steel. <laughs> oh. level of no, don't do that. Don't take your don't touch your knife to your barrel. But yeah. <laughs> no, we've been doing some we've been doing some fun stuff, man. There's a little stuff we haven't yeah. done. We we never really engaged in it. I was always curious about. It. I'm just kind of like waiting for the right, you know, the right sort of. Well, you're passionate about quality products. I mean, that's yeah. what like you even when we go around hunting, you're like, you know, what you guys should make. I'm like, that's impossible. Yeah. But, you guys had half a brain. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. <laughs> and if you know how to make stuff, Steve, but you know, but it's cool because you guys are passionate about stuff. I think it just came out in this new knife you guys did with Benchmade, and I hope that you know people feel it came out in the rifle too. That that you guys, um, yeah, I think your creativity and really kind of knowing you just do a lot of hunting, knowing what hear, hear want from to feel. lots of folks. So no, it's, it's been yeah. fun to get involved in it. Yeah. 
Uh, anybody else? You know, feel free. Anybody else got a hot a hot concluder? I'll stick with the rifle one more time. I, I think it's we are we all here in this room put together a very quality product. Um, as far as what is out there on the market, there's a lot of kind of upgrades. Like if you if you went to a a lower price point rifle, a cheaper rifle, if you will. Um, there's a lot of things that we feel eventually enough time on the ground. You'd be like, Oh, you know, what would be nice is this, mm-hmm. or, you know, boy, I kind of like that on that. And that's what kind of gets you working up a little bit into some different kind of quote custom things. And that's kind of what this package is. Um, and you know, it's still, it's under a thousand bucks, 900 999 um weatherby.com um which is still a chunk of change but the the good thing is is you're not going to have that feeling of like oh man i wish this one had this or this one had this uh and it's something that just never goes away like you are eventually going to be like ah i've had such a long life and hunted so long <laughs> that i need to give this thing away uh, and you'll get, you'll be able to then hand down a very high quality shooting iron. Yeah, it's like you know you can go when, when you touch it and work the work the action on it, like work the bolt on stuff. It's like it's like a you know it's a quality gun. It's a quality gun. You're not like ah dang it should have bought the good one. <laughs> <laughs> I think what's hard in the audio podcast is we've tried to describe like the fluted barrel. It looks really good. We really didn't touch on how good the stock looks. The stock itself, hand painted, it's a black base with kind of like a gray and a tan. It looks incredible. So you got to go check it out at Weatherby or Sportsman's Warehouse. Sportsman's Warehouse, sure. Weatherby.com. Yeah. Um, last thing, uh, our good friend Doug Duran. The, the beautiful and lovely Doug Dern, we're going to, uh, he, he wrote a song. What we're doing is our, our whole live tour got postponed. Everybody that had tickets to go to the shows knows this. Um, Doug was going to do some of the live shows with us and he wrote this song. He wrote, he wrote, <laughs> he wrote a song about the podcast. Uh, we played it last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. People, yeah, people, we just stuck it in there and people noticed. So yeah, it's, and people were like, I saw on, on Instagram, I think it was, is people were debating whether or not it was Doug. But yeah, it's Doug. Doug says that in his whole life, he's only ever finished one song, and this is it. Nice. Thanks, Doug. Yanni's in it. Oh, a couple more verses of this. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> come, I don't know. It's a media podcast. Things you might want to hear. It's a media podcast, people.
he's the host. Man, that guy likes to talk. Severely bug-bitten, underwearless Steve Ranellis is the host. Man, that fella loves to talk. Make no mistake about it, my friends. That skinny guy, he also walks the walk. Ryan Callahan and Yannipus Pelly. You know, how can you not be a fan? got his conservation podcast and Yanni is the world's most affable man there's a lot to talk about in conservation and things we do and don't want to see techniques and then bad and bad stuff like CWP torn fingers and other weird injuries hunting, 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 fishing down on the farm torn fingers and ripped and other odd injuries is part of hunting and fishing and life on the farm. But if you're lucky like I was, you know what? They can just sew that thing right back on. Learn to hunt in public access subjects we should all care about. Getting people out hunting public land and access. Man, man, those are two things that we should all care about. And fishing, catch and release, to the trout? I do. So welcome to this podcast, friends. It's good to have you here. Welcome to the Meteor Podcast, good people. It's so good.
Just remember some of these things might seem real simple, but others, they're not so clear. that up but you get the idea hey i'm excited to share our newest sponsor here on the meat eater podcast which is poncho outdoors the reason i'm excited is i buy their shirts anyways dude they make some good shirts and they even have an option where if you're like a skinny dude you can click like the skinny dude thing it's great based in austin texas poncho is committed to crafting the world's best outdoor shirts for men poncho is only sold on their own website so head over to ponchooutdoors.com use code meat eater for a free hat or t-shirt with any purchase of a shirt. Poncho offers free shipping and returns, so you can try them out risk-free. This show is sponsored in part by BetterHelp. It is a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that they need and that meets them where they are and helps them get through challenges. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible. It's simple to use. You can connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.